Zanzi, welcome to it. the one, the only B tenacity, and you are listening to the Rewind, Zanzi's favorite podcast, and we are your favorite virtual friends. And when I say we, I'm not going crazy. <laughs> I didn't have <laughs> living with me. No, I've just got the very beautiful Bonatejo Punza Malibia by my side. How are you doing, Punza? I'm doing well in yourself. <laughs> I'm doing quite okay. I mean, I, I really can't complain. It's the 5th of May today. Um, mm-hmm. um, I'm celebrating my granny's birthday, so I'm oh. quite excited for that. Please <laughs> don't ask me how old she's turning. It's very Why? difficult for me to calculate those things. Oh, okay. No, I, I understand. Yeah, I well, understand. it is her birthday, so to my <laughs> granny. Birthday, oh, happy birthday, Happy <laughs> birthday, Coco. <laughs> Thank you, you for joining and. I just call her Coco, actually. Oh, it is Coco. Okay. But what I what I love about it is that we sort of share the same initials. So she's Betty Masego and I'm Bongani Masego. So we've got that ah, BM sweet. in us. So oh, I've BM got that. It, yes, w. even the tattoo I want to get. Even the tattoo I want to get um, mm-hmm. when I have the courage to actually get one. Uh-huh. Um, ideally, we'll have something to signify, you know, that connection that I oh, have with my granny. sweet. So you guys are very close. Well, I well I wouldn't say we're very close, but I am the first grandchild. Um oh, and okay. we do have somewhat of a special relationship in that sense. But to say we're very close and I speak to her on a weekly basis, uh, that would be quite a stretch. But maybe every two to three weeks or so I speak oh, to no, her. But that's you know, still, that's still <laughs> decent. Other people see their grandmothers on Chris on Christmas, you know. So that, that is, is very, very true. Yeah. So, I mean, the relationship we have, that, that's decent. Very. My mom once called me and she was like, have you checked in on your granny? And I think it had been a couple of weeks, um, not more than a month though, that I hadn't checked in on her. Mm-hmm. And my mom's like, no, you need to check in on her. And I'm just like, I know, I know that you don't need to remind me that I know <laughs> it. Trust me. If there's one person who knows that they need to check in on the granny. It's, it's you. me right yes. now, and I don't need you to remind me because you're making me feel worse. And I already know that I need to do this. So mm. trust and believe. I, I've 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 grown up enough to remember that I need to do it, and I'm actually feeling bad when I don't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't necessarily need to say when last did you check in on her. You need to check in on her. I think maybe you can leave it at when last did you check in on her. Oh, it's been a couple of weeks. I'm sure she'd love to hear from you. And just leave it at that, you know? Why do you need, yeah. to, you need to check in on her? You can't do that. <laughs> no, relax. I'm grown. I know I need to. It's snowing at me every day. Um, oh, that's but, sweet. Uh, <laughs> doesn't, sorry, doesn't your grandmother, <laughs> grandmother ask you like, oh, when am I going to have grand, I mean, great grand, I mean, grandchildren? No, no, great-grandchildren. No, she- like, she doesn't have she, those chats. She she doesn't have those chats, but she did once insinuate at me getting married like very soon because um my mom is one of four and all four of them have kids, but only two of them are married. And um the two that the two that are married are my mom and her sister. And then the last two borns, the brothers aren't married, but they have kids. And uh. the the 
the third one looks like he's on his way down the marriage path. And my grand's like, yeah, you're the next one. I'm like, hey, batung, hey, batung. Hey, batung. Hey, batung. And she's just like, Can hey, the hey, elders get married first? Because <laughs> <laughs> literally like, who's going to marry him? Like, you're the next better player <laughs> after your uncle. <laughs> Shady. <laughs> no my child that you see everything you can achieve but that specifically no no one's gonna marry you <laughs> and it's a reality i've accepted it's a pill yeah. i've swallowed so we might as well all catch up onto that train but when yeah. she said that to me i was just like oh, little does she know that i'm not even i'm not even rushing down the aisle i am mm-hmm. good to take some yes. time you know our generation um, is even ready for life partner vibes we're not in a rush i mean <laughs> really we're not you know scott must money silly like what no that's true exactly um, but otherwise, I hope you you are doing quite all right yourself. No, no, no. I'm 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 perfect. I'm chilled. Are you I'm excited for as... today's episode? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I ain't paying that. Maybe just the YouTube digest and the re- the recap for the week and everything. I mean, Zanzi recap. Like that's what gets me excited. But like the deep dive this week is making me feel like. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I think uh, let's let's just give it a bit of a break. Uh, get into word on the street, and thereafter we're gonna get into some YouTube digest. <laughs> okay, shady. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the rewind. Come on, word on the street. Here we go again. <laughs> word on today's word on the street, we're asking you on a scale of one to ten. One to ten, how strong is your intuition? Punta, uh, would you say your int- intu- intuition, eh, the tongue is slipping because of Savannah. Would you <laughs> say your intuition is strong? Um, I think so. I just, wait, I just need to have understanding. Would I align it with like intuition with gut and like, what do other people call it? Like discernment? Yeah. Is it like the same line? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm not sure if I would say discernment. Not, but the not, gut yeah, feeling. Yeah, 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 that gut feeling. I, I, I definitely do, do, like, it's very heightened. Like, you know, w- once you, like, start, like, I don't want to sound, like, all spiritual and fake deep and she, but, like, it really, like, when you start, like, focused and centered and spiritually aligned more than anything, I, I felt that yeah. I did. Like, I was just like, something is off, but I'm just like, but you want to believe, but usually I suppress it. So it is like out of maybe seven or eight, but usually I suppress the feeling. Like, I'm just like, nah, this, mm. Mm. but I always want to suppress the feeling. I'm like, no, even if somebody's a Dodge character in my life and I'm just like, no, but I've known this person for so long. So then, you yeah, know? yeah. Then I'm just like, And nah. then when, 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 how many times are you proven that your intuition was correct? Does it happen often? Or yeah, it does happen often. Does it not happen? Yeah, I'm fortunate <laughs> enough, like, to so have So why do you often. keep ignoring it? No, 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 I will just, maybe, like, the first time, it'll just be a feeling. Like, you just, you know, sometimes you could be around people and you just, like, feel off. Besides energies, and you're like, uh-uh. You know, how, how can I care about yeah. someone so much or, you know, like them so much as a person? But, like... Like they really their energy or oh my gut high what they want. I'm just like more. This is fucking with me, and 
And I was just like, no, man, you were right the first time. Then the second time, then I was just like, I know, I just need to remove myself. Because then I have this complexity of feeling like, like, you know, when you just feel like, Kanda, why am I cutting off people? Like, I'm, I, I, I need, sometimes I do this thing where I have to convince myself that maybe I'm the problem. Then I have to look at myself first before I'm like, no, man, mm. well, I can't have another, mm. I can't not be cutting, I can't be cutting off Bongani. Then next week I'm cutting off Tato. Next week is Cynthia. Like, how can my gut be so, that doesn't make sense. Like, I can't have almost the people I'm hanging out with or meeting be not good for me. You know what I mean? And even if you can even yeah. deal with your energy after you were with the person, you're drained, you don't feel your best self. Like you're just like, you know, all the negative things, but you're like, oh no, man, last week, someone else may feel like that. Maybe it's me. But after a while, once you do that and like follow your guts with any scenario or friendships or relationships or things like that, you feel better. Like you feel like yourself again. You feel like you're thriving again. And you're like, damn, it was correct. Like, but usually I, I, I after that, like one scenario where I follow, I didn't listen to it. I just did it. Like from there on, if my gut feeling says I can't go somewhere, I don't go. If my gut feeling says so, this, this, I yeah. don't do it. Yeah. You know, the, uh, would you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert? And I'll, and I'll, I'll explain why I'm asking you this. It's so weird now. I, I don't know. I don't know anymore. I thought I was an extrovert. Like, I don't know. I'm like maybe introverted extroverts. Because like, I've realized now, like, Bongani, I can do like five months without seeing people. Like, we can communicate over the phone, but I'm fine with just doing me alone all the time. And I was just like, I, yeah. don't, I don't know if that's weird. But then once we meet up, I can like do the most, like be myself, be Ponsa that people know. But then I would need to recuperate. Like after that time, I'd need to go build up energy from scratch. So until you I need to like, recharge your batteries. Really recharge my batteries. So back then, like when I was like in high school and varsity, like it, it didn't matter. Like if I was with people every single day, like that was my, my vibe. But now as an adult, like I'm just, I feel introverted most of the time. But when you hang out with me, you can feel that you're this girl's like freaking wild. So I don't know. Well, I I ask because I you know, whenever we talk about these um topics, um your point or well not even these topics, whenever we talk, Nje, it just seems your point of reference is quite social. You're always like calculating um things based on um uh, friends first uh, or a situation uh, uh. amongst or with friends. It's always mm, quite mm. social. Your point of reference always starts with a social aspect. Because ah, for me, your intuition can even be um, something like at the theater, you saying, mm, you know what, I'm not feeling this performance. And then someone <laughs> actually falls into the orchestra pit, you know, or, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get you. um, or you just saying, you know what, um, something ain't right. Like, um, that party, something is not right. Yeah, you find yeah. out that's the party where, so, um, in other cases like that, other than social cases, would you say your intuition is strong? Hmm, that's an interesting one. I know it's not that strong because it's just like, because if I'm at home or whatever, I just, I don't know. Like, I'll just be locked in my room. So I don't know. Like, you're right. Like, because if I were to go somewhere or somebody invites me somewhere or someone says, come hang out with me and I do it and against my the will of my gut, something always goes off or always I'm always irritated there or something just, 
it's just like not to the standard of what you know when something just goes off maybe people will shoot or there's someone's back yeah. got stolen or a phone got <laughs> yeah. lost and it's that one of those nights where you're just like no yeah guy no yeah guy so it's mainly social you're right but like in, in in like if i'm at home home like if i'm not even doing i know i can't i won't even lie i don't have that strong strong around yo you're so light damn yeah i've never well, thought of that it- Let's listen to what some of South Africa has to say about um, this More intuition. Like what, We're asking what some of Houting has on, to say. <laughs> hey, um, Ivan here. So Hi, Ivan. My intuition really sucks. Oh, like yo, uh, it sucks to the core. I never get things right. Whenever. I feel like it's saying something I just don't trust it because it has never given me anything. So, yeah, I guess it really sucks. Maybe like a 4 out of 10. Yep. Damn. But luckily I'm not like Ivan. I mean, like Ivan says 4 out of 10 and like he's like, he doesn't show when it's like really right. And for me, I feel like I'd rather yes. have my gut, like, on a hundred when I'm social, like, in spaces, like, yeah. where I'm just like, yes, mm-hmm. yes, I, I usually yes, take this yes. route, but today, something's off, I'm going to go, yeah. So, oh, you're right, like, it's always, it's always social. Uh, I remember yeah, one time I was yeah. buying, I know it sounds stupid, like, but I'm, like, uh, looking, I don't know what I was looking for in the shops, and then my, the whole time, something is like, just go here, I know it's so unexpected, but just go to this place. I think it was one of those shop rides that I'm Just go there. You're going to get the, the thing you're looking for. And I was just like, no, no. And I drove far. When I got there, oh, I wanted to buy vegetables and stuff. So I'm like, no, man, fruit and veg. Oh, look at spinach. We'll have something. And it's something stupid. We'll have it because it's fruit and veg. I drive all the way, mm. almost like seven kilometers, if I could have just gone like even to, for a two-minute drive. I get that. They don't have freaking spinach or fruit and veg. And I go back to shop, right? They Imagine. have it. And I was just like, why didn't they just listen? I was just like, ah, no, that doesn't make sense. It's shop, right? And I was like, you yeah. know. But like, I wonder how, yeah. but we should have done research on how you can heighten it. Because, I mean, I'm sure people like Ivan want to avoid making those mistakes. But like, how would I heighten that mm. thing? It would have been mm. nice to know. Like, how do I heighten or work on following my gut? Like, how does it come? Because for me, I know, like, the more sensitive I am, I feel like it happens that I am, like, in tune with whether it's the voice or whatever, it's the feeling in my tummy or whatever. But the the, mm. the more I'm spiritual and centered, the more I can, like, hear things like that or sense things like that. Well, for me, I can definitely tell you with regards to that, in terms of how to tune it, mm-hmm. my gut feeling is that it has got something to do with meditation. Ah, Sounding like a man who meditates. Pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. Like you see, oh, even your advice like has like more of like that aligned thing. Like sometimes, um, like you know, it's just like when you're aligned, like with I don't know whatever being or whatever force or whatever. Some things just don't slip like that. Like when you feel in control mm. like that. So I mean, also meditation mm. should help a lot. Yeah, but do well, you? How's your gut? Let, how's your how's your gut out of ten? Or you'll tell us. Later. Um, let me answer it on the next one in the okay. later later bit. Um, and let's leave it there for now. Okay.
Come on! Word on the street. Here we go again. Welcome to YouTube Digest. I think I sounded like I'm a school teacher. Okay, guys, so we're moving next to the next chapter um, with the, what we're going to be talking about things, influencers and YouTube and things. We've, like just catching up on everything that we have been watching, observing, and what we enjoyed seeing from our influencers this past week. Um, I yeah. really, that Michali saga with that girl, Mishka Orkimang. Yes. I was like, oh, Mishka. At first, I was like, wow, T. Then I was like, this is getting embarrassing. I don't so, know. So, what happened? Let's catch oh, the sorry. people up. Excuse. Sorry. Mishka um, claims that Mishali is took a man from her. So, yes. and then she's not happy about it. And she just does, she feels like, or girls like Michali get away with these things. So she's just mad. She was just mad and she's exposing Michali. She is tagging uh, Michali's, um, like for instance, now Michali's doing a campaign with, with Revlon. Revlon. And look at what your representative is doing. And like, you know, like basically she's mad that her yeah. man is having a thing, allegedly having a thing with Michali. And I was just like, at first I was like, you're hectic. Let's see. Huh? Then I'm like, I know, man. This is getting weird. <laughs> it's getting very, what very you, weird. What, what, what got it to that tipping point for you? I mean, I mean, like obviously the first initial, like okay, like going on, like saying, oh, Michali did this, 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 this. Then I'm like, okay, cool. Then after that, then when she and it got weird right from the beginning. Just even the fact that she tagged Michali or said Michali did that because I'm just like, I loved Michali's response because she responded to it and she said, hi, dear. I had no idea that Mang Mang Le Mang Mang was your person. And it would really be great if, like, I mean, obviously paraphrasing, but it would be great, like, if you speak to your man. Actually, let me read it for y'all. <laughs> and, I mean, I stand I stand fully behind Michali. Why you got to tag the people who I'm doing um, business with, you know? Wait, listen to uh, this. It, yeah. <coughs> Sorry. Um, she's like, hi, dear. This is Michali. I think your anger is misdirected. Firstly, I had no idea your you're still together. Secondly, please discuss all issues pertain, pertaining your relationship with your man as a grown as a grown woman you are. So she's telling her like, babe, <laughs> I hear you, but this is misdirected because also like, I don't want to say because it's Michelle involved, but it's also very cloudy. Like, now all of a sudden she's trending all of yeah. a sudden like, yeah. um, she went from 100 followers to 5,000 now. And I'm just like, no, but had it been another woman, were you going to go to insurance and go tell the boss that, yeah, she took my man? I'm just like, no, yeah, it's very exactly. like, I, I, I like attention or whatever. And I mean, I'm not saying I'm for whatever, like, I'm not, I don't know Michali's love life and how she gets her man or whatever. But I was just like, I, it just, it, it became sad because Michali was just moving on with her life, you know, and it, like ignoring her. People were shocked she didn't pull a, that Vicky Jonas, I, I, I pull a woman of God on her. So that she can apologize. Why are you taking my company, the people I'm working with? So for me, um, what you're speaking about in terms of... um, Oh, my goodness. Are you scared? It just left my brain. Oh. No, it just left my brain. Did you not want to add on to the fact that I was saying that if it wasn't Michali, or was it something else? 
No, I think it was something else. And now I've mm. come... Oh, yes, the clout chasing. Oh, yeah. um, I would somewhat agree with that in terms of, you know how some people have... Um, some figures are so big that it's either you love or you hate them. Like yeah. Bonang. It's either you love Bonang or you hate Bonang. And it's either you love Bonang so much that you end up close and you're in Bonang's circle and therefore you gain clout through that mm. or you hate Bonang and you're so vocal about it that you become the leader of the We Hate Bonang fan club, you know? Um, and usually those people think, don't have a, something concrete to hate. Yeah, I honestly... I well, that's subjective, but yeah. um, I honestly think uh, Michal is the same figure in mm. the influencer space in that uh. she has um a lot of people who love her and see no fault in anything she does and oh, yeah, people true. who okay, will nitpick at the smallest of things and make them the biggest of things mm-hmm. like i get you going on a social media rant about whoever and this is an influencer who stole your man in nani but tagging the people that i work for now you are honestly, now I'm yeah. and especially after I DM you and I speak to you and I say this, and I mean, you could be saying, some people could be out there saying, no, but cheating is cheating. Why is um the Katlako situation, how come it was treated that way and stuff like Misadi was a party to cheating. She wasn't the person who was cheating. Yeah, So Ovele was only to find that Agu and it's you can't be getting mad at me trying to end my jobs. Exactly my point. Like no, for me, it, uh, like she really is right. It's really misdirected. And besides it being a Misali thing, I feel like generally I don't think women should do that. Like I, I should go and shout yeah. at the woman. Like anyone I, I should do that. that. No one should do that. Like it, it is uh, for me. I felt like so sad for her. I was just like, no, ma'am. What? And the people also who are commenting, and you're right, obviously, yes, that comment I made is subjective. But the people who are commenting down there, they're like, yeah. And you can see, like, they're hating that. Like, I mean, yes, you have a right to hate on Michael if you found that. You know what, guys? We found her red-handed. I'm not based on anything. Now people are... Also, some people just added on to, like, uh, I don't know, hate. Like, it was just more, like, hate speech. Like, we were like, ah, no, Michael this... Yeah, she's doing this, she's ruining this, and then and I was just like, and it didn't even have like that fire, like enough people to say this is the evidence and this is the kind of person Michali is. So I mean that for me, yeah. I felt more sad for the lady than anything. I was just like, ma'am, this is so oh, it's so you you losing hard. You thought you're gonna win from whatever <laughs> you're doing, you losing. Yes, it. and it's not happening. Mm, mm, it's mm. not happening. Yeah. Um, but I guess hurt people can react and you can express your, your pain however you feel it. But mm. it's one of those situations where you're going to wake up the next day and you're just like, oh, what the fuck was I doing? Mm, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Who have you been watching on YouTube? Um, oh, no, no. I still want to congratulate people. I don't actually watch a lot of people. Uh, I want to congratulate Kay Yams for her new car. I know, like, she bought a car, like, two, a week ago, two weeks ago. I'm just like, child. So remember, I remember watching a vlog of her saying she wants to drive a Merc, and it, it eventually happened. Yeah. Like, that day, I was so happy, and everyone on Twitter was so happy, and I was just like, damn, damn. Like People were just like, you realize she saved cash, and apparently she said she saved how many months? Six months for that car. Ah. Uh, 
Uy, regular, uy, Felipe. Uy, regular cash. But uy, regular cash. And they will save you six months if fail. Ah, let's get YouTube, guys. Let's be serious. <laughs> Your mom's jaw would fall to the floor. Imagine yes. you are buying a mug. I remember Punza used to make jokes like, um, uh, some niggas, like our parents will hate us. Some niggas drive our father's dream cars. <laughs> Imagine a guy coming to pick you up and he's driving your dad's dream car. Yeah, he's still on his second car ever in the world. KM is going to come down. Yes, it's it's class. Yes, it's it's class. Every day. Yes, it's it's class. Every day. It's it's And it's his dream car. The day Ulanda gets it last, Nicola. Yeah, he will be so caught in his emotions. Does he want to be angry? Does he want to jump in the car? Like, what is it? (laughs) Yeah, but congratulations to her. Like, well done. But KMs are so hardworking. Like, I'm I'm even shocked it took that long. Like, I know that girl's hardworking. So she's so deserving. So congratulations to her. Another congratulations to... Moti, Tato, Ramperi. Moti. Yeah. Um, they graduated. So, I mean, that Fatan says, Halala, Halala. Wasn't halala. all in vain. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I was just thinking about it. I didn't think I'd say it out loud. But, you know, all those study sessions they had and creating all that content wasn't all in vain. I know we already discussed it. Like, but you know what? Tatarampedi and uh, Moti, but the Moti, <laughs> I, I'm just so happy for them for like graduation. And like, it's so nice to see like, you know, it's so nice to see a narrative in South Africa. That's not like a, a, a typical uh, statistic. Oh, we're unemployed. Oh, we're trying to do this. Obviously, they, from the looks of things, they come from good families. It looks like families, uh, their parents had planned way ahead. Um, obviously, yeah. <laughs> have the funds for it. But like I'm, I'm just happy for them. Like the support system they have, the relationship they have. I'm just wishing them nothing but the best. Congrats to them. Do you know what they um what 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 degrees they have for what field? Or? I know he's in, in he did engineering and she was somewhere in like something in the arts. I don't know. Yeah, something in yep. the arts. Yeah. Yeah, ne? yeah and now she's doing her honors. I don't know where. I don't know if it's at Wits or some. No, it's another varsity. She mentioned she mentioned it in a vlog in a life update. But yeah. He's pursuing, so are they living YouTube. together or are they going to be you in know, separate spaces? I think spaces she's at now? home. I think she's at home. From the oh, love, home. life update, um, that's what I heard. So she's at home. So I watched Azania's Azania's uh, Realness's latest video, Utando. She was reviewing one of her latest videos. She was uh-huh. reviewing Boiti's BT Signature Sparkling Drink. And it's quite interesting. She started, I mean, she was just saying that it was just quite a hassle to get the drink. Uh, She was also saying that it seems like the drink is competing with Benini. But like she says, it's it's not the one. She she is my people. I think it's 4% on the alcohol mm-hmm. percentage. And she's like, this is a drink you use as a dash. Like it's it's <laughs> not the drink. It's not it's not for it's not for seasoned pros. It's for <laughs> the young ones who are starting to drink, uh, who are only f- learning what alcohol is now, 
what sort of what does what what doesn't mm. do yazima upoza yonke into fela upoza 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 ezabo ke les you know um i don't want to say young girls trying to stay cute just uh. people trying to stay cute um still very quite young just made the drinking age she says that's what it's for i mean compared to her um bonang review, bonang review of bng oh, she with the bonang review she was yes. so impressed with the percentage also she was just like yes Yeah. I'm going to take it here. She's really impressed with the mm. percentage. With this one, I mean she was impressed with the packaging and just mm. um how it looks. But um she seemed to be a lot more excited to be reviewing and tasting Bonang's one than she is to Boyce's one. Not that we're comparing. But the I drinks. like that we're comparing. I I just like the, the segment review. which is just reviewing the the tricks like mm, let's mm, review mm, Ojoada mm. let's sit down and talk about mm. um the celebrities and what drinks they're putting out because it also speaks to your palate it says a lot about you you know as well I mean, as no, you drink that drink uh-huh. yourself but like exactly. just in terms of the people you're trying to reach out to who do you see as your audience because that's the first thing they're going to be doing when they're creating that drink is okay of the people that follow you what is that audience what is they what are, what are they what 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 are their categories what targets mm. do they hit you know mm, mm, mm. but even with the review like i like that you mentioned the other bonang one because besides i don't know if she's a bonang fan or what or maybe she was very excited with like the having a a a that kind of drink and is it a kind of kinky sparkling wine or is it champagne yeah yeah having yeah, it in a yeah, can You know the idea was really dope so I think maybe yeah. she liked that because yes. also from the get go the packaging is really amazing but it's also nothing wrong with if we're saying if it is competitive because it is a competitive business but I think um I like that also she was being honest also because if you follow Tanda on Instagram like she 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 lives a best life and one wash him and then so maybe her being honest about those things is also like really nice to say I you know imo natine ikuti mara nabang I sifuna savana up You know what I mean? So <laughs> I, I I haven't seen that review. I'll check it out. That's really interesting. But it doesn't have that watching, much hype, though. Yeah, I was also watching Cherished Olivia TV, mm. and um, she's a Nigerian woman who has relocated to South Africa. I think she got married, mm. and uh, the one video I was watching of hers is her speaking about the culture shock from really? moving. Oh, excuse me. Yes. Moving in Savannah Gele, moving from um, <laughs> Nigeria to um, South Africa. So I, I actually thought it was quite a great video. Uh, it's not like um, highly edited or anything like that. It was great for um, the the subject matter and the content. I I enjoyed hearing her opinions on this. And would you believe it? She says. Um, one of the biggest takeaways I have is that uh, she thinks South Africans are a lot more polite. So the mere fact that you know when people, um, when you open for people eh, on the road and someone flashes their hazard on you to be like thank you and oh, stuff yeah, like that. Oh yeah, the thing, yeah. <laughs> hey, she's like, there's none of that in Nigeria. When people want to go in, they go in, whether you are ready or not ready for them, <laughs> and um, they will not thank you by flashing their hazards at mm. all. You know. Mm. Um and then another thing is that she says we are very patient. She's like um hey South Africans will stand in queues. Mm. She's like South Africans will stand <laughs> Hey 
They will stand in queues and no one is going to complain. They will stand exactly. and just stand quietly and orderly. No one's going to try to jump the queue. No one's going to shift up for the coco. No and one's no going to come when you come and that's it. <laughs> yes. Now it's going to call the manager and be like, doesn't make sense to you that I've been in a queue for over an hour. How does this make sense? People standing in the queue It has become, like, you even know uh, when you go to a government institution, like, you know what, I've got to be there when the security arrives. Exactly. How, how, how can we be complacent with that? How can we just accept that as a norm? That this is what our government gives us. Wow, that's a nice. Those are nice observations. What's her channel again? The Cherished. Um, Cherished Olivia TV. One yeah. last one is that she also says, um, when it comes to greeting, people don't care. Our our rules is, if you enter a room, you greet the people in the room. Whether yes. it's an elder entering the room, whether it's a young person entering the room, whereas with them. You greet the elder, whether the elder is the one in the room or the elder is the one entering the room. You greet the elder first, and with whether it's you entering the room or the elder enters the room with you in it. So the elder can walk in and I'm just say first. hello to them. Yes, no, <laughs> that doesn't sound correct, ma'am. I can't get a good Asa kokota. Imagine that home Asa kokota pod. Again, and you must to me me. No, that wasn't going to work for us, no. <laughs> uh-uh. I mean, yes, greeting elders, you know, giving them respect. But now, the rule with us is that, like, I even know that we say, like, it's a rule, like, if yes. it's a new day and I didn't see you today or whatever, I have to greet you because I must acknowledge I didn't see you. I saw you yesterday or last week or whatever, but I have to always see. You can't just walk in. A, it's considered rude. That's why even when you get in our taxis and then you keep quiet, uh, then you ask for direction. <laughs> you must make sure that if you enter the taxi and you don't greet and you're so special, you have enough money. You know where you're going. You don't need anyone's you help. You don't need anyone's help you because are, whatever you're... You, it's considered you are as so confident enough to greet. even be in the taxi with earphones. Exactly. That's That's the level of... Like, it has to be on that high or nothing at all, you know? No, 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 no. Like, it's considered so rude to not greet in our country. Even if people ignore you in the taxi, but... They will acknowledge that you walked in and you said, hello, hi. So yes. that, that is so interesting. We're actually quite polite. <laughs> yeah, we actually are. I mean, I've heard, so, and you're going to find the apartheid sins in Jad. I've heard Yay. so many bickerings in our lives where, where we say to people, I so you must come in, you must greet because exactly. you found me here. You walked uh. in, so mm. you must greet. Oh, go to Mundum Tala or what? Like, come on. That is so true. I mean, I like that. I like that. It's a good observation. I mean, like, I feel like also this patience thing is like, I don't know if it's the struggle or birthday that made us like this, but that has to stop. Like, today I was at the... Yeah, it, it has I to was stop. At the, um, I was at, like, the mall. My mom sent me, and then there was, like, a Capitec line. So I was just, I never understand the Capitec lines. But then the issue is that it's end of the month, and in Haman's call, every bank will be busy. So it doesn't matter if you stand Capitec or whatever, the line's going to be long. So you just might as well just stand and look at your bank. So she had sent me yeah. to go withdraw, but then the people, the money people were there, so it took time. So I'm standing in line. But as I'm standing in line, I'm the only person who's fidgeting. Like, I am irritated, and I'm not understanding <laughs> why I need to be there for more than 15 minutes waiting to withdraw money. Exactly. So I am on the... Um, I'm on the phone communicating with my mom. Like, I'm like, 
listen, can I go to another bank? Because it was small. I saw small ATMs like an F&B and it didn't have a long line. Or, you know what I mean? I'm trying to find other options to not stand in this line. And I'm yeah. looking around. No one yeah. else is bothered. And I just feel like, sometimes I'm just like, no, guys, it can't be. Some people don't even ask when they get to a line. They see a queue and they stand. They don't ask, sorry, is this the line going in the bank or to withdraw? No, you know, people just want to stand in line. We saw that at the mall the other day. Who? We saw people in a queue. And uh. we're just like, oh, we didn't know. Oh, see, we saw people in a queue. Uh. And I'm like, to you know, in the 10 seconds that we were walking from the parking inside the mall, uh-huh. I did so much investigation with my eyes. I tried uh. to look. Uh, do they have documents in their hands? Maybe they're queuing to certify. I tried to look for a Capitec ATM nearby, and I thought uh-huh. maybe they are queuing to be at the ATM. I looked for so many clues to give me the answer as to why these people are queuing. The to country. this day, I don't know why they're queuing. It looked like they were just standing in a queue for no damn reason. We just but like when it. I was leaving... When I was leaving, one of them did ask me for like, do we have cash? Do we have food? And I thought, okay, you know what? Maybe these people are like all homeless people and like this is where they're finding refuge. Because that's one thing I've Mm. realized about Cape Town. The homeless aren't necessarily the downtrodden like we have in Joburg. The homeless are families, full-blown families who still have jeans and t-shirts to wear, but they are sleeping in a tent on the street. So... Mm. You, you, you would think coming from a Joburg mindset, a lot of the people who are homeless are dragging around one of those um things with wheels, or they try dragging around a trolley, or they 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 are um what you call this um their clothes are not clean, they themselves are not clean, and you can easily tell okay this is a homeless person. Mm-hmm. But I've quickly come to realize that in Cape Town. Homeless people are honestly just, and I'm not saying that homeless people in Joburg aren't people and they don't have families, but here you see a lot more homeless families than you do see homeless people. And those homeless families, you can see, like they don't have rent. They've been here. They haven't been here for years. Yes, you do see the normal homeless people you see in Joburg, but here you see a lot of people just dressed in everyday clothing. It's just they don't have a home to be in, you know? Um, So when we were leaving, when some of them, when one of them actually asked for like, do you have anything or something like that? I think that's when I was like, okay, you know what? I think these could be homeless people and they've just found refuge in this mall and this Mm. part of the mall and they're standing here. Lord knows, maybe someone gives them food at some point. But yes, um, in terms of the queuing thing, like it had become a norm that I had seen a queue and I thought, oh, there's a queue. I wonder what they're queuing for. Probably a Capitec uh, ATM. That's what I honestly put Scar- in my head. Someone from Mama's car wasn't even going to ask if there's a Capitec. They'll just assume there's a Capitec and stand Nothing in the line and not ask. <laughs> they're just wondering, now they st- I'm standing there for an hour. Why? Then they'll ask after an hour. Sorry, line is young. <laughs> But I know, yeah, yeah, now you've wasted yeah, an hour. Yeah, I'm so yeah. sorry. Just standing in that queue. Yeah, no. I mean, I understand. Let's let's not just be okay with just queuing. But also, let's not be like how dramatic our Caucasian people are in the country about traffic, about lines, about them feeling they must get the best service in the whole world. Like, relax. Yeah. We want to get things done. So, yeah. That's a great observation, Mrs. Cherish from Nigeria.
Yeah, yeah, it is really a great observation. Well, um, we're getting into the deep digest for today. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> is that like to to like Juanisa them? Mm. Um, yeah, it is. It is somewhat to Juanisa, unless you still have some topics you want to talk about. No, as Axogutti Sitagi, we're going to be like, no, but let me tell you what Bongani and I did. Be, like, um, off air, we were having chats. Did you see how much energy we had? <laughs> Do you feel like we don't have the same level of energy? Do you think you can let it down? No, obviously, mine's always lower than yours. So I have to work harder. Well, I mean, um, we we honestly do have quite a lot of energy because we were supposed to just get together and just do this. And now we had a whole other episode that we didn't record. We were just having fat chats um, that we didn't record. And Uh, now we're getting into it. Uh, So today for the Deep Digest, we're actually speaking about celeb channels in South Africa, you know. Um, And we're going to be speaking about why they should be on YouTube, what they should be using YouTube for, and what we think of some of the celeb channels we have on YouTube right now. So you want to stick around for that um, because it's only about to get better from here, you know? Check out our YouTube page, The Rewind SA, for even more content. Welcome to the YouTube Digest Deep Dive. And today we are going to be discussing YouTube celebrities. What celebrities? Wait, no. We're going to be discussing South African celebrities on YouTube or the lack thereof. Um, And uh, like, you know, everything that involves um, YouTube and how we feel, obviously, because here at The Rewind, we love YouTube as a platform and we feel like a lot of people are not seeing the money in it. I feel like generally, yes. if I can just put it, I feel like in South Africa, we have the mentality that like, if you go onto a bigger platform, like your MTV and whatever, yes, I'm going to have money because it is a bigger platform or whatever. Because what I'm yeah. thinking, I don't yeah. even know when last I've watched television. And I'm like, imagine yeah, how much of, of the youth, because even if I'm watching DSTV or whatever, it's on the, on the desktop. You're watching Showmax. You're watching whatever you want to watch specifically, but it's not always that, oh, I'm going to sit and watch um, you know, uh, what what celebrity life with Bongani? What 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 what? what do you know what I mean? So like, it's not like the culture mm. isn't like how we grew up when we just sat down and we were like, hey, let me. Everyone is so mobile. It's either on my phone I'm watching Netflix or I'm watching Showmax or you know what I mean. So today yeah. we're gonna be discussing everything that involves that and why we think people people who are doing the most and the people who are really, you know, should be jumping on this YouTube uh, vibe. Okay, are you are you with um, you me, know- Bongani? I'm with you there, and I just actually wanted to come in and reiterate, not reiterate, and just expand on that. In that, um, mm-hmm. YouTube is seen as somewhat of a non-mainstream platform, like you're saying, in terms of um, uh, traditional media. So mm-hmm. it's not seen as forming under traditional media; it's more seen around the social media aspects and everything like that. So you wouldn't expect a celebrity to be on the platform, like it, when it first started out. Well, that is for sure. A lot of celebrities weren't on the platform and um, producing content for themselves on there or pushing their own content. Um, it was mainly just a space that everyday people were going to. People were shooting themselves every day. People were shooting their families and uploading videos. People 
finding things and they were uploading people mm, starting channels mm. but in terms of finding celebrities that has been um something that is a lot more recent in uh um what you call this youtube's lifespan mm, mm, compared mm. to when it was starting out and when it actually started picking up a mm. lot of it was just everyday people uploading their videos of themselves in their homes Yay. so it's not to say that youtube is a platform that is closed out to celebrities but it's just very interesting to see them come onto the platform and embrace the platform and i mean with this one yes we are talking about south african celebrities but i feel like when we go through our reasons as to why someone would want to why a celebrity more specifically would want to start a youtube channel you're going to see with um people like naomi and other things like that uh if we look at international people we can learn some great lessons from them um when we think about that but Mm. i think one thing about the platform is that like I was saying, it didn't have many celebrities on it mm. when it started out. And celebrities joining the platform is a recent thing, more especially in South Africa, more than anything. Yes. Um, so it's quite interesting to see that when they enter the space, how do they play the space? How do they level up compared to your influencers and um, your YouTubers who are sitting and editing themselves? Whereas a celebrity could have access to an editor vir- by virtually by virtue of working on a TV show that has editors. And you simply go to the editing room and you speak to someone and you say please help me with my youtube channel Um, here's my email address here my i'll send you my videos you edit them for me you know they have they have access to better resources you could speak Mm. to a guy you know who does lighting on the show that you work on and say to him can you hook me up with some lights um and those guys will be like okay i can order for you through the company and you can get them at a 20 percent discount mm. and you know like they they really have access to um having all to getting all the re- like even buying a camera they don't need to necessarily shoot on their phones mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. celebs can literally over one one or from one gig decide to go to you know what after this mc gig and that's going to be my camera and it's Mm. it's, so for them it honestly is a different ball game um compared to 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 us everyday people who are youtubers trying to break into the space or who are youtubers like punza who is in the space and they are creating (laughs) their content and so if you think you are a celebrity and you're going to walk in and you're just going to buy all the equipment and you're going to dominate i think you've got something coming because that necessarily isn't the only the only reason why people would be tuning to your channel just because you've got the best cameras and you have the best lights you know Mm mm-hmm I know personally for me, I mean, I get what you mean, like production wise uh, and also depending on the brand the person has. Like, I mean, I see if if Bonang were to come back on YouTube, I would see her doing that. But I like that even the international celebrities, um, if they're doing vlog style things, even if they they don't have the, the vlog camera, most of them use the phone. But for me, I view it as like uh, an extension of a story. Like, you know, sometimes you watch someone's story, you're like, oh, I wonder what happened after that. Like, for instance, mm, um, mm, sometimes mm. when DJ Zinte will post some of the things on her story or whatever, I'm like, oh, I really wonder what goes into her day to day, like wanting to follow her. So I feel like besides a reality TV, but I feel like if, let's say, for instance, Zinte, for example, if she were to have a channel, I would feel like it's more of a personalized ch- touch. I feel like, oh, oh, my goodness, I'm so close to her. Um. I don't know. It feels more personal than it is for TV. Like if I'm watching her vlogs, because yeah. I would assume that she would document things that, I mean, with TV, they'll tell you, okay, 
Bongani, this TV, this 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 chan, this um episode must give us this much numbers. It must have this. We need whatever. And with a YouTube channel, not that she won't um want to have her numbers grow you know obviously it's nice to have something grow but i feel like it's nice to she'll know that it's no pressure from anyone she's doing this so that she can connect more with her fans and you know so we can get to know each other a little bit more personal like waking up and she's like oh guys i just woke up i'm going to the gym and already that makes me feel like oh my goodness zindra and i are so close because i saw her in the morning without makeup i know it's stupid but like i know a lot of people would kill to see bonang without makeup yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why Ganji? And it's not to say she's going to look ugly without makeup. Never. But it's like, what? It's one of those. Like, if you ever got a picture of her, imagine how much I would sell that picture for to the to drum magazine or so within. Because everyone wants to know. So once I got to know her on that personal level, imagine she had a YouTube channel and she opened that personal self. Like, to us, it'll be like, oh, my goodness. Like, I mean, I definitely know Bonang is human. But, I mean, it's nice sometimes to feel like you can, you know, peel the layers of that yeah. onion. Yeah. Well, what I think I do? definitely agree. I agree with what you're saying in that. Um, and I, this is what I was going to say. I think you're slightly reminding me is that um, now, more than ever, people want access, like you're saying, behind the scenes. Like, I don't just want to see you with the makeup on. I want mm. to see you when you are getting it together that's why get ready with me are so um they 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 they're so popular on the platform you know um so i think also there's a lot of i want to see you because i remember there's this uh um in beyonce's life is but a dream i think she argues that uh in the past you when you met an artist when you had a favorite musician you were only exposed to them through their art through their work you didn't have paparazzi following them every day and going to where they're going and you seeing them doing this and who they're dating next and stuff like that yes you had newspapers but it wasn't as invasive as it is now and with social media i am literally in your home you switch on yeah, your phone and yeah. you have me in your home and i can see the background and everything like that and so she was just arguing that um it's a little too much it's a little but now now that we're speaking and we're just talking about how um i want to see the before not just the after um it goes back to even people's artistry like i'd want to see you putting together an album you know i don't want to just receive the album and then you guys have this curated drop that is planned and the release dates and all of that and then you're gonna you mm. and say you know one of my worst things is mm. when an, and i remember john legend did this and i was so turned off is when an, an artist releases a dvd of um them putting together that album that they've just released and then yeah. when they're in the studio all the time, every time they're singing, you can hear Guti. This is this is the song. This is the song as it is on the album. Ah. Like it's not. It's not like like I'm not even. I doubt you're even singing live right now. You're just exactly. mining everything just for the cameras, just because you're shooting this docu of how you put this album together and why this album is so important. But I'm not actually seeing you behind the mic and singing and saying no. I want to take that again and singing and saying no. How's this sounding? Let's add this harmony and singing and then saying play back for me and saying okay take out the horns okay and let me hear like the different version of the song before i hear this final product that yes. i'm enjoying so much so i'm, why, I'm um, definitely in agreement with you mm. what's what's this beyonce's coachella um a netflix documentary was so powerful yes because i was yes. like this is insane this woman is like oh my goodness she's amazing because we got to see the whole thing 
Like from yeah. when she just gave birth, Alice Duda, how she lost the weight and how determined she was, the amount of rehearsal that got into just that performance for that night, for the two nights. And I was like, wow, that is, okay, yeah. No, I get what you mean. Like, <laughs> that is embarrassing what John Legend did because, I mean, for me, I can never get over that um, documentary and I am. Yeah, Beyonce's thing. So I feel like we we really do like the process. We like seeing the, I don't know, it makes us like, I mean, I was already a Beyonce fan, but after I've watched that documentary, because even if she doesn't give us that much, like even with that previous documentary and this one, but the fact that when she does give us something, it's something that is like, gives us more understanding of why she is this person and why she's so important, why she's so influential and why she's so big. And I feel like it's nice to one day, because I mean, obviously I know she's right that there isn't personal space for celebrities now because paparazzi and everything is in your face. But I also love that I could always go back. Like I love going back and seeing videos of Brenda Fassi. And I was like, I wish there were more videos. You know what I mean? Like when people did documentaries, like looking back at, obviously you can pick what works for you. Like you can pick like, you know what? I want to use my YouTube channel just so I can inspire people with what I do business wise. It doesn't have to be a personal, you know what I mean? I mean, that's if you want to, but I wanted to say that they um, maybe don't do the channel because King, they have a lot of money because I feel like there's a lot of money in YouTube. Yes. I feel like th- there's there's a lot of money. So are they thinking like it's too much admin or are they not knowledgeable about um, what they could get from that platform? For me, I feel like they are knowledgeable in terms of what they could get because I'm pretty sure people like Oprah and um, I know even with Wendy's team, like mm-hmm. it becomes... Um, a residual income for the production, you know, like uh. um, this is especially if you are doing things for TV and then you supplement whatever you do for TV and you put up snippets of it onto YouTube, yeah. like that ends up becoming, and every company always wants to have those finances that, you know, Guti, come rain, come sunshine, come a pandemic, come no pandemic. You know, as long as we do mm, A, the this money is always going nice. to come in. Uh, exactly so i've even seen it to things like rupaul's drag race in them they like they they will even break the show up into different snippets that they then upload onto youtube and now all these little snippets are gaining views and all these views are turning into money because then these are ads and now the production is not just making money from um what you call this all the ads that are being played on um tv from I mean, from the broadcaster, Mm. they're also making money from just uploading onto YouTube and owning that YouTube channel. And celebrities could do the exact same in terms of, let's say, Okosingema is on the set of Blood and Waters. um, Blood and Water. Is it Blood and Water? It is Blood and Water. Yes. (laughs) Yes, it is Blood and Water. (laughs) Let's say, I I was thinking Blood and Rivers for some reason. Um, Let's say Okosingema is on Blood and Waters and she takes us behind the scenes and she's showing us how she built her character. And she takes us when she's doing wardrobe fittings. And she takes us when she's doing this and that and that and that and this. Like, that is some way you can guarantee for yourself, Ogoti, okay, if Blood and Water, it check your corner is finite in that this is how much I'm going to get for it once I've signed the contract because it's in your contract. But if I upload these behind the scenes videos of me on set, of me learning my lines, of me building my character, of me rehearsing, of me 
all of those things, you can then start building a residual income that's going to come in from just that series that you create on your channel on YouTube. And I think it's so important for us to also speak about exactly why would a celebrity want to start a channel? And it's what you were saying earlier on is that yeah. YouTube is a very personal platform. Um, you are in control of what you put on your channel on YouTube. No mm. one dictates for you. No one plans for you. You can get a script writer. You can get someone who edits. You can get someone who publishes the video for you. You can get someone who shoots. But it's it's your mouth. It's you. You know, even mm. if you want to put other people in front of the camera, you are the eye. It was seeing the world through your lens, through your eyes. Mm. So one thing that the platform is really good at for a celebrity and why a celebrity would want to join the platform is that they get to come control the narrative imagine Prenda Fasi, all these stories that were coming out of her if she could just be able to go on youtube and be able to clarify Address them hold also. up a piece of paper and say okay that night yeah, yeah. and i mean celebrities some celebrities like somizi does that really well right now but he yes. uses instagram as that platform but nonetheless it's it's serving the same um 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 service if you may it really you know i actually have been listening to the airports at episodes and i've been saying i want to stop saying um i want to stop saying i mean i want to stop saying yeah i want to stop <laughs> and now i just caught myself saying um 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 but anyways oh, but <laughs> I need to read more. Your English sucks. <laughs> to myself, I'm like, girl, you need to read. But no, but I see what you're saying. What the point about, like, when you mentioned production houses using YouTube also as a platform, I saw Netflix does that very well. There's this um, series that yes. they have now where they say shot by shot. So, like, basically, the star, the people starring on a specific show will come and discuss, on this shot, I was doing this and I was feeling this. They're just using mm. everything. And so, basically, mm. their content doesn't run dry. They could have one, um, yes. maybe a Netflix original that's on, and then they could make so much videos on YouTube about that show for promos, for social media, for, I mean, obviously, uh, your Instagram and then, and then go to YouTube and just make more content on that. C call them, make games, and do that and whatever. But I also, I like that when you have a channel, you can control your narrative and the brand that you want to give. As opposed to yeah. going to you, um, MTV and saying, no, but guys, me, I want people to know that this is my life. And yeah, I want it to be. Yeah, I don't have to be like, if I'm saying I don't follow the traditional um rules of television then i must go like to moja love i mean no offense to moja love but i'm like because they're the, they're the only people who allow me to do whatever the, hell, the fuck i want but then i'm like no but i want to play from your mtv because i feel like my audience is there and they're like no sorry if you're gonna include this and this we don't think it's gonna work and then you're like okay you know what screw this because i've got the money and i've been working in the space and obviously yes i get like yeah. you can buy all these crazy cameras and whatever but they've got the money to buy even if it's the most basic setup, but it will still look good because it's exactly. him and people, they already have a platform to advertise it. So it's not even like, Oh, I need to start. Let me go stress. No, I just tell people guys, I've got a channel and it's what I'm going to do. But I feel like what people slack with, sorry, if we mention the people who are already on the YouTube space is, um, they're slacking because there isn't consistency. I feel like maybe sometimes people don't want to give other yes. people jobs. And then, then there's, yes. a, there's that disconnect with like, oh, somebody started a channel and then it stopped. 
because all I have to do is document it. Like if I have an assistant specifically hired for that, YouTube is going to give me money so I can pay all these people, not even from my salary, from my YouTube. And say, okay, my assistant must follow me around and vlog. So obviously in the mornings, I can vlog myself. If my assistant's there, they must just follow. And there's so many people I follow internationally who aren't necessarily like celebrities, but they're big businesswomen in America where people have requested that we really would love to see your day-to-day. So they literally have a... Um, a, 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 a person following them. It's like an assistant. A videographer. They, you, they, they do everything, follow you, follow you. And they just make like long ass videos and it will be up to the editor to like, okay, how do I break this down and still have this video being told and understood in the 30 minutes from an hour video. But in the country, somebody will say, well, I'm starting, I'm starting a YouTube channel. Um, then they, they start, they film one thing and then want to post day by day. You know, at least have things pre-filmed because you know you're busy. Sometimes maybe you might think, oh, I'm going to yeah. be around. Then you're in New York for two months. Then there isn't content on that space. But also we live in the, in the 21st century. There isn't even a reason for you to not have your editor have content. But I just feel like, I don't know, in South Africa, it feels like people are just trying to hold on to too many. And I feel like if they hire more people, there'll be less drug use respectfully. And you'll have time to yourself all i have to do is document this have an assistant shoot the things for me give it to my editor obviously the editor would have signed the contract anything that is you know very questionable you don't put on and you can't discuss this with anyone because you know what you i'll get you arrested yeah you know what i mean yeah so yeah yes an nda an nda someone who um did that thing i mean who tried starting a channel i don't even know if they they the platform is still running is Lerato Kanyaho. Yeah, I, I mean, Lerato did definitely try to push herself and be on the platform and um, use it herself and make sure that she's controlling the narrative. I mean, um, a lot of the stories out there on Lerato Kanyaho won't, uh, we, we can easily say, aren't always in the most flattering light. But I mean, the last time she uploaded was eight months ago, you know, yeah. and she's got 27.8 thousand subscribers. She's someone who is on a national radio station. She's on Metro FM. She's had her own show on SABC. So you think that maybe hopefully should have more subscribers. But this goes to show you that, yes, you may have a following. Yes, you may have been on TV. Yes, you may have good equipment and nights and stuff like that. But like the audiences that you bring are the audiences that you bring. When you are on a show on SABC, you are finding SABC with audiences and you come on there and you grow your audiences through them. But on something like YouTube, YouTube has viewers, it has audiences waiting there, but people are only going to subscribe if they feel a need to come back. And this is no shade to Lerato or anything like that. But this is what I'm saying um, when I'm tying into earlier on, yeah, that um, you generally would think that, okay, this is someone who's a celebrity, they've been on TV, YouTube is a platform that they can easily tackle and easily take down. And it's not that easy. Yeah. And I feel like before starting a channel, even if you're a celebrity and even like you're mentioning, I love that you mentioned that it's the, even if you do have the platform, YouTube, people don't just go and subscribe. Because I mean, data is very expensive in South Africa. So I'm not going to just like say, oh, I'm going to subscribe because of for the love. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to subscribe knowing that, oh my goodness, this person is consistent and they take what they're doing seriously. But I feel like for me personally, the reason why I feel the channel doesn't work for Lerato specifically, because I'm not sure what she was doing. Mm. I don't know if there was what angle there was, but I'm not saying she was, I loved watching her, but like maybe like the last video she posted, like the title is things I find, I find weird. (laughs) 
And then there's like <laughs> big talk relationships. You know, I don't know about those videos where it's just like your content's running out. Let's do this real quick in a hurry. You know what I mean? I yeah. don't know. Yeah. So for me, I don't know. Like, like, oh, I've got makeup on. Let me shoot a video. Yeah, like, no. I mean, that's for amateurs like me. But, like, you on this level, on this scale, could literally have people and have a team. And I believe these people have teams. In your team, you should have the young people who understand YouTube. And ask them, what do you think the people want from what she gives? Like, what is the extension of her stories? What do people want? You know what I mean? On the channel, I mean, there's, like, six videos. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe she was just trying it out and just said, oh, yeah. Sorry. So, so for me, I mean, um, with celebs, I think uh, the 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 best place to start is to definitely just give us a vlog of what we know you for. If you are a radio DJ, if you are a producer, give us a vlog of what we know you for, and I think that's that's going to be a good start where we're seeing your normal day doing this thing that we love to see you do. You know, mm-hmm. um, and then build it from there and see what people are liking and not liking and stuff like that. But I understand you. Like it feels like um her 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 channel had no vision. She just thought, let me come onto the platform and she just didn't know what do I want to do on the platform. Kind of reminds me of myself in Instagram, but we'll leave that for now. Another reason why um <laughs> celebrities would want to be on YouTube is that you'd want to use it to showcase a different side, you know? So maybe we do know you for that one thing and we want to see you doing vlogs of that one thing. And you can but if you that are one trying... thing. Yeah, I mean if you if you know what she's a DJ. You know, I'd... Yeah. I'm sure she gets so many questions every single day about something that has to do with being a DJ. Take that and then I make money out of it. Because you're anyway not responding to the people, I'm sure, because you know how celebrities are in our country, or just celebrities in general. Yeah. Like, they don't respond to people, they're fans. I'll just be like, okay, my assistant, again, I don't want to add more work to myself because I need a rest because I don't want to be using anything that's going to inject energy that is not healthy for me. Yes. So what I do is I get my assistants again to curate things that they feel that people are regu- regularly asking my question box thing or whatever. It's a comment section and say, hey, Lerato, wait, DJ, when did you start? Eh? How do you get all the time to... Eh? Now I create content from all of that. I look at it and I'm like, oh, they ask questions about... Um, how how I make time for DJing, radio, and whatever. Let's do a day in a life showing them on a day that I know it's busy. My my uh, my assistant looks at my schedule. She looks like, oh, today you've got your show at, at Metro FM, and after that we're going yeah. to fly into Limpopo and this place. So I feel like that would be nice. Then we see the in betweens and see the life. Da 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 da. You know. Then done. Next video. Yeah, people are wondering like, where? How do you fit in the your your eyelash company or again? You know, uh, on a day when I'm free, I then... But now we're not looking at what the people want because you must give us what we want. Yes, but I mean, also just on the term of showcasing a different side, mm-hmm. we got a masterclass lesson in that from Naomi Campbell. Who thought Naomi Campbell would make such a great TV host? Exactly. Naomi, we are hosted like the 21st, the contemporary version of um, Oprah Winfrey on mm. YouTube, literally having all of these famous people join her, remembering where she knows them from. They're laughing. It's a good time. And that's what that's that's another thing is that, okay, cool. We might know you for this one thing. And yes, we might want to follow you around in that vlog, but you can showcase a different side. You can use the opportunity, the platform as an opportunity to showcase a different side. If you know that you want to diversify from being a DJ, you want to be a presenter now, ah. or you want to go into acting now, put up 
videos of yourself doing monologues, you know, mm. um, if you're a celebrity, like they, they, they can use it for that platform. And I don't think, do you think there are many South Africans that you can think of, South African celebrities who could afford to potentially um, give us a different side of themselves, like a side that we, that we might, I mean, the only person I can think of is Mansui Pout. Mansui does a lot of cooking things and she uploads onto her timeline all her cooking um, dishes once she's cooked them and while she's busy cooking them. And I mean, she's someone who could benefit from going onto YouTube and actually showing videos of herself cooking those meals like mm. from scratch. And she starts a, a cooking channel um, on YouTube, you know? That is so true. Sorry, you touched on like, if they start like something that is uh, like, like before, besides coming out of your comfort zone, Okay, somebody who did that very well was uh, Lona Maseko. We knew her as a as a presenter. I mean, a well, dancer turned presenter. Uh, I mean, to find a stable life income and everything. And then after that, she's yes. like, you know what, guys, I'm into cooking. And she was obviously doing the presenter, could be master chef and whatever. And then came out and did her own thing and had like, uh, I remember on SABC three, I watched, I used to watch her cooking show. And then after that, it moved yes. to another channel. And then she does have a channel on. On Instagram, Lona Masoka with a pinch of salt. I mean, it's it's not very up to date, but I could tell I would go there. I'm like, okay, this is a lot of videos. This these are actually a lot of videos. Like, I mean, more than anyone is doing, and it looks like she's been on this YouTube train for two years. Um, I would assume Holo yeah. will be busy now with her other things, but there is like consistency with this cooking thing. And she's she launching and a book internationally, it. so she's definitely busy. Yes. Yes, maybe, I mean, I would say maybe that's the excuse for not um, having cooked or posting videos on YouTube. But like, I mean, she, she stuck to that brand and she's doing well. Somebody else who did the, the thing well, like when you say show us another side, was obviously when, but career-wise was when Mini Lamini went and left the mainstream and went into sports, which we didn't expect. So it'll be nice when somebody gives us a, a different angle because I wouldn't look at someone like Mini and think, oh my goodness, she will watch, she'll know anything about soccer respectfully but it is nice for people to give us like a different angle or a different bite to what we know about them yeah especially if you're a celebrity and you're tired of like this one narrative that we have about you or that we think you're only good for one thing mm. you know you're only good for standing mm. and um saying show us the money or it's time to put <laughs> your faith in a friend <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> but someone so that one yeah no 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 but someone no, I was saying somebody who did um YouTube right a long time ago, like a long time ago, that I feel like even other people who are celebrities did are not even doing on their reality TV was Bonang's YouTube channel back in the day. I will still say yeah. to this day, yeah. she was on something there. Like she was onto something she and was I was like on point. Yes, like it felt so personal. I was just like, oh my goodness, this girl's so cool. Look at her going to her gigs. It was nice. Like it would have been so nice if it carried on because it was literally from Rex to Rich's story. And that's what I liked about that thing, documenting her hustle from the beginning. Kanagota Laivi when she was um like when she was still like hot hot. You know what I mean? Um, I mean it did such a it, it gave such a flip on the whole a celebrity has their mm, shit together. Not to, the, mm. not to say that she didn't have her shit together, but just but, the I mean, mere fact that her she'll... license got lost and she's walking around with this temporary paper license. Yes. Like, oh, when, when you've been through that yourself, it's just like, yeah, 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 yeah. That was also exactly. nice to see. I feel like we like seeing that. I feel like maybe essentially what we're saying with this whole conversation with the YouTube is that 
I feel like we really enjoy going. I mean, we did say up close and personal, but people really love the process. Like, yo, but no, there's yes, papers, the there's together. It's, it's it's what you were saying with John Legend and with also with that Beyonce thing. We really liked seeing that when she was like, yo, guys, I want uh like should have a, a wardrobe malfunction but then somebody will just come up quickly and just you know kaganta and you know what i mean and then obviously now to see the woman she is is just like obviously really amazing but i really wouldn't mind anyone doing that like just going from bottom up like documenting our lives i feel like if we did that ourselves just for not the obsession of getting numbers on youtube but just really date um what's this documenting because you know, uh, essentially, your end goal is being a public figure, if you want, if you will, or maybe just to have the videos out there. Because sometimes it's really nice. I mean, personally, for us, not the celebrities, for us to have like these videos out for our children one day. Or yo, when a mama na Yeah. I mean, with 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 Wenang, that was. I definitely agree with everything that you've just said. She definitely. Uh, it's great to see the 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 beginning um to to where she is now. And I think if she were to get back onto the platform, nobody would be upset. You know. Oh, never. Um, never. <laughs> nobody would be upset. But I think that's another thing as about the platform is that it gives these celebrities a chance to be on a global platform. I mean, as global as social media is, um, in terms of showcasing your talents and showcasing what you do best, uh, if you are on live, if you are on a regional TV state, if you are on a TV show in South Africa, the people who are going to see it, you know, unless the production company is pushing to get it abroad. If you go onto YouTube and you start pushing yourself on YouTube, you're opening yourself to uh, a European market you're opening yourself to a Western and Asian market people who might just potentially like you and your style um, even though they don't even know that you are a celebrity in South Africa and you are on a show called uh, who wants to you know whatever I, I don't know the shows in South Africa but you know blood and water Sisabuela City blood and rivers um, you know but, <laughs> I mean that's on a public platform but that's that's the one thing about the platform is that if you are on SABC YouTube can put you in everyone's um, in every country's uh, TV by simply just being on YouTube and you can come up with content that can be your own like I love seeing people who actually put on a show on YouTube like sometimes if you're going to be talking to us to the camera for a full 30 to 45 minutes I'm bored but if you are doing a documentary if you are doing this if you, like your vlogs are entertaining and they shot well and it's 25 to 30 like that's a whole show and um that's a show that can be seen by anyone anywhere in the world not just mm. by virtue of I'm in South Africa so all I'm going to see are shows that are in South Africa and that are on Mnet you know or on Netflix you know yeah, I think, but I think maybe the general narrative in the country is that if you aren't making it on a TV, like getting a deal with whoever, Hennessy or whatever, then you're not making it big enough. Like, so they don't look at YouTube like that. Like, oh, it looks like, ah, really YouTube fella. Now I got to deal with yeah. the TV. Now I got to. So I feel like that's where their mindset is. Yeah, no, that's very true. I mean, we've already spoken about the financial gains and for me the last one is just basically in terms of it is a very creative outlet you know um for, especially for those celebrities who are artists and they Yay. are known for doing their art not everything needs to be an album not everything needs to be an ep not everything needs to be not every character we see you do needs to be a character that is for a television show you can use youtube as a creative outlet outlet to um show us of yourself doing the work even if it's not 
being recognized mainstream, you know, just putting monologues every Monday, just because it's Monologue Monday on your channel, even though we're used to you as Garabo on Generations, but on YouTube every Monday, you're putting up a monologue of different characters and stuff like that. It can serve as a nice creative outlet to keep you up to date with your craft and making sure mm. that you're working hard in your craft. Yes, and speaking of that, um, I was watching a video, oh, I forgot who the the guy is but he mentioned something about how the like being an artist or whatever doesn't end with what you're doing so being a podcaster doesn't end with me recording only when I record like when I'm off air like what am I doing to help or every time I come back how do I get better like so it I, I get what you mean like creatively it doesn't let's say like people who've been on probably generations all over their lives had the cost not changed. There were people who were going to stay there till the day they die. Sometimes that's like maybe like mainstream acting and it doesn't maybe challenge you the way you think theater could have or maybe being on a, mm. um, on, a mm. on, on a film or an action set or something like that. So they do encourage for you to keep the art and the creativity alive. You still have to feed that thing, how your creativity, it mustn't just be like, oh, you know what? I am singing now and I'm, you know, I'm acceptable, but like maybe you were probably like doing some hectic things back when you started singing, you know, still showing people that you, you do your vocal warm ups and do this. And when you're in season, like I remember someone telling me that when Beyonce is going to start a tour, there's a stiff, completely different lifestyle that she lives when she's about to go perform or when she's going to write an album or when she's just chilling. You know what I mean? Like maybe the first six months really? of her schedule. Yeah. It's like her first six months of her schedule. That's why there's pictures of her smoking cigars, drinking, doing whatever, but like it's a completely different, um, obviously she's got money. She can go clear her vocal cords and clean that shit up. And you know what I mean? But the, how strict she is with her diet and with her voice and the discipline she applies, and to how she is when she's on holiday, it's different. So, I mean, it's really nice yeah. to see that there's arts, artists who take that seriously. But in our country, I mean, we, we really, really have artists like who are, I mean, the people who are artists are not on the platforms that we want to see. Uh, mainly some, now it's because you really look good and you've got numbers, but not everyone like really understands creativity to the point where they're like, they got the gig, they got the gig and that's what I'm going to do. All I have to do is deliver lines and that's that on that. <laughs> that's it look cute my hope wardrobe's got a cute outfit for me to exactly. look cute in and not like take some do... cute pictures behind the scenes yes. and that's about it yeah so you can challenge yourself and your artistry and think oh just on generations me i want to be on an action uh set on netflix for the next what what africa what what so go train go train for the oh my goodness there's even some girl on youtube um, she never got like a spot in like Hollywood, and that has always been her dream. So she starts like every month she drops like twenty one days training for being like on a set for like maybe something like um like Mrs. maybe Michelle. Mr. Mrs. Smith, the Indian girl, Indian. Michelle Carey, yeah, yes, her. Like she's like that's great content. I'm like, mm. so essentially she gets to live and do what she wants to do, but it doesn't necessarily mean Hore, she will get it on that platform but she does it and look at her numbers on youtube so it's still an outlet and i mean I'm still it, gonna becomes, be doing... it becomes an audition reel exactly she's got so many audition reels so 
I mean, I feel like this platform is really amazing. Yeah, like, no, I definitely... You get to live your life and make money. You do. And I think another thing is that you can use it as a place to save your career. I mean, that's what Rob Marawa did. Not that he yes. needed his career to be saved. Mm-hmm. But when he was shut out, when he was blackballed by the industry and Metro and him were going through what they were going through and therefore he couldn't be on the SABC as well, he started his own YouTube channel giving the people what they want him to do, give them mm-hmm. sports. And yes, when it started, it was a bit shaky and it was a bit... Like all this money that you have, are you serious? But when he picked up, he picked up good. And the platform is really working for him. The Rob Marawa TV show or something like that is working quite well that even though he's back on SABC and then he's still able to push content on that show and it's now earning him extra money that's just coming into his bank account for working. And I mean, really, you know, for me, my job... So sorry, one video was like 57k views. Imagine. What? Ooh, Baba I receive father father 71k subscribers oh my god Robert Marawa see what I mean mm. um so for me it's what you're saying in terms of having a team to do the work for you all you need to do is show up and this is what um even radio stations have realized that you know what our presenters most of them are so good on radio that they are actually good on TV as well. And yes, they're not on TV, but if we have cameras in the studio, I literally listened to um, a radio presenter. I was listening to the radio and they were talking and they were delivering a link on radio. And it sounded like, okay, this is how they do their link every day. I went onto YouTube to later find that exact same link that they were delivering only to find that they were looking into the camera, busy talking to the camera <laughs> for YouTube whilst they're delivering that link, you know? So if you've yes. got um, presenters, if you've got people like that, you've got all of this um, content and all all you need to do is have people, you have someone record, you have someone edit it, they send it to you and you upload it. You have someone record and and it's simple. That's all you need to do. All you need to do is show up and do what you actually do naturally so well that it's become second nature and you just put it up there. And I think that's what Rob is doing right now that... Um, Working on a TV show and working on a show is has become second nature that he's even able to run a YouTube channel, giving us what he gives us when he's on SABC's platforms. But now the money is coming straight to him. There's no um, SABC as the middleman or his manager as the middleman, you know? Yeah. No, that's really good. Like, that's really impressive. I like it when people take this platform and take it to... I mean, how much... This is a lot of money and people don't see... Like... And we've got so many spots, um, barking fanatics from South Africa. Look at the views. I didn't know yeah. Robert is doing the most like this. Like you're right. In yeah, the I mean it's... it was um. But this is really good, though. Yeah, it is really good. It hmm. honestly is Take really my good. Influence we've and seen... make money from it. Yeah, we've even seen um some couples join the platform. Dinawa Langa and her husband Solo. We've seen Buntle and Pretty Ugly. And this ties into the whole showcase a different side. Like we know them for their music. We know them for their acting. We know them for their dancing. But now to sit down and hear marriage relationship advice from them. You know, and the dynamics to and watch, from how they do it. Yes. From how they do it. Like Abo Tineo and Abo Solo um, they got to speak about Ubungoma Babu and what it means for them and how they, they tie it with their Christianity. They both have it, yeah. Ah. And 
So it, that is now us educating and learning these different sides of you. When you're on the queen and you're on the estate, we're not going to see anything got to do with Mabako, you know? But mm, when you come and speak mm. about it passionately on YouTube, we're learning about this different side of you. And Lord knows, this could create job opportunities for, for people. Like you were saying with Michelle, it becomes an audition reel where, someone, mm. where you can say to someone, look at all this content or look at all this. I've got a damn playlist on this topic and mm. look at how many views this playlist has look at how many views i'm getting per video you want me on this show we can create a show like this and boom you're on another mainstream show on tv you know yeah what is um so what shows uh danielle on now like is she still on tv yeah she just started on the estate it's a new telenovela i think that is on sabc i watched the first episode it's on sabc3 i watched the first episode so i didn't watch all of it but um yeah it's definitely oh, worth checking great. out that's what she's busy with right now and solo solo i mean solo is a music artist so oh, okay he's releasing music or he's working on a project or he's being featured on a track somewhere but okay. i don't keep up with his music <laughs> yeah no same <laughs> no oh, i don't keep up like that. that are really doing nice is then lobo uncut um Hungani yes. and what's the wife's name again i completely forgot her name yeah i know she's also reed's friend cute. Yeah, they're very, very, very cute. Like I, I they love, I love that. That, that. I mean, I mean, they married now, and then they're just doing the extension of what they love is, and they're my celebrities, and they are doing very well. Obviously, they are for the YouTube space. They understand what they're doing and what they want to get out of it. Not that other people, celebrities, don't know, but like then Zobu and Kat, they're gonna soon be one of the biggest YouTubers in the country. Pardon? Very, very soon. And you can see Hungani really thinks about, like they both really think about their content and how they can make their content interesting mm. and who they can bring onto the platform. And mm. also touch on things that I saw them put up a video about what's gonna happen on Scandal. And I'm just like, yeah, but like, <laughs> yes, maybe um, this is, uh, who cares? I mean, if if he's not breaching his contract, he's not breaching his contract, you know? Mm. Um, but just in terms of giving the people what they want, but also giving them something that's also entertaining and also coming up with creative content to give people. Yeah, I mean, I love also seeing more South African, like I know we already mentioned it, like where we have young South African couples, um, I mean, just show love for each other and just be in love and stuff. So, yeah, like, I mean, they really look like they've got their shit together. So I love it. So are there any... um? South African celebrities that you'd like to see on YouTube? On YouTube? I really would like to see the younger people. Um, damn, I just forgot this girl. Well, earlier on you had mentioned DJ Zintle, which I think was a very good one. I'd love to see her Yeah, DJ Zintle. But like, I mean, not her personal life because I really don't like how already everyone is just so like, how they bully her child already, how they involved in her life with everything. So I would really want to understand how Zintia finds all the time. I really know that she doesn't drive herself, that that saves her a lot of time. And then she doesn't cook. She's got a lovely helper and she's got the support of Cairo's grandmother, who I would assume helps to mm. help her with the baby. But like, how does she get all the time to get all these things done? There's so much she does. There is so much that she does. But obviously we know that she's got a lot of assistance and whatever she delegates, you know. But I would still want to know, like, how does she have time to do? I'm like, that girl, germs. See her body. 
then run a successful mm. business, have all her Instagram um, ads done, this, this, this. I'm just like, yo, I would really like to see the ends of how her meetings work and how does she split herself like that. I mean, that's really nice. And I would like to see someone who's like more younger. Like I would want to know, I would really like to see Elaine's life personally. She's girl. Her, I'd like to see yes. Shikana. Yes, 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 like those young people. Like, I would really like to see like what they really get up to. Yeah, no, I think those, those are some um, great choices. Um, I'm trying to think and I'm struggling to come up <laughs> with who I'd like to see on um, YouTube, which is a South African celebrity I'd like to see on YouTube. Mm. Um, my head. Was maybe running around the Fergusons. Um, I thought maybe Tineo Ranaka, but Tineo Sambona in the rea- reality yeah, show. Yeah, but yeah. I don't want to see something different from the reality show in terms of, because um, Tineo does a lot of um, philanthropic work, you know. So her YouTube channel would be a great space for her, where she's healing young girls and giving them these talks and stuff like that. I think a Tineo would show. do really. Uh, yeah, actually, a talk show. Like, why the hell not? You know, we really mm. do well having her own YouTube. Imagine every Sunday with Mum TV on YouTube. And we know, with TJ, 6 o'clock, we are live. We are watching this show, yes. you know? You could, yeah. She could even do it like that if need be, um, mm. which would be quite great. Um, I can't think of uh, anyone else that I would like to see. So, Maisie, maybe, I'd like to see on the yeah. platform. But these are people that I'm mentioning that have reality shows. But the but thing is, me- YouTube is not just for you to put a reality show. Like, we mentioned all these other things that you can show a different side of yourself and you can take back the narrative and control the narrative. I think if we were to, if like, the two people I'd love to have seen would be Olebo Matosa and Brenda Fassi on YouTube. I think oh, that would yes. have been... Oh, I that would have been, been epic. Um, epic. That, yeah, but that would have been beyond. That, that's why I would rather see more bigger influencers on the platform. Like, I would like to see, because, I mean, maybe I'm more obsessed with their creative process than I am with, like, I mean, other celebrities. Like, for me, like, they don't, I'm not, like, mind blown to that sense. Yahore. I really like creativity. Like, for instance, I really would want to know what goes into the whole process of how, Vincent Lulama squad, like I love them. Like I like yes, knowing about what your they do. In them. Yes, mm. like that. That maybe those people, young people who are creative, like who are there's people who are making money, but there's people also who are like underground who are doing things that are really like interesting. Um, that would be nice. Give my boy. Yes, yes. You know, those people your those people have them on the platform and so the rest of the world can see that this is what South Africa has in store that'll also be very nice because we really do have yeah. nice big influencers who would like really contribute properly to the influencer world yeah but I think also just the, uh, jumping on that the people I've just basically listed are stylists so I mm. think even that avenue to open up even more where we're seeing a lot of our South African stylists using YouTube as a platform to show us behind the scenes of them putting their work together and you know like even just reviewing people's style like mm-hmm. <laughs> let people send you pictures of their hottest outfits and you are sitting there and you're gonna give us a yes no yes no yes mm. no type of vibe you know um mm-hmm. but yeah that was a pretty cool one um those are some celebs on youtube and those are punta and i's opinions on what we think about some celebrities on youtube punta do you want to close it off do you want to give us one last thought on um why a celebrity should start a YouTube channel? Um, I feel more, especially like the ones who, the celebrities, I mean, obviously, you know, that's the, the culture of like also the arts. 
you always want to work so you can stay relevant. And sometimes yes. some people don't make peace with the fact that, you know what, there is a new shiny toy in the thing. I feel like YouTube does save a lot of that, would save a lot of that. Like, mm. like you can't just mm. allow and have SABC control if you're going to be a celebrity or not. You already have the influence. Yeah. You already have the 3 million people that are following you. Why not create whatever you're busy Ooh. applying? Every week you're applying for funding there and you're busy applying to get this job there and people have closed you out because they decided that about badly anymore. Fuck that. Like, go on the platform and create all of that that you want. And when that's big enough, they're going to want you back and you're going to say, you know what? No, I get to work with my own schedule. I get to pay myself and everything is working smoothly. So... Yeah, there's always going to be the new child and then they're going to kick you out. But you must know that there's other platforms. Like, we're not living in the 19... Kind of getting 19... So do best. You know what I'm saying? Get your channel. <laughs> we would love that. Cool. Oh, sorry. And, you need to be... Oh, and oh, that yes? is that on the <laughs> YouTube Deep Digest. Deep, uh, deep Digest. Check out our YouTube page, The Rewind Essay, for more content. Yours is consistent with her hosting and that grew her channel so insanely. So why don't you try that as well? No, no, I'm not important. Hell no! I will tell you, I, I really prefer Sinovoyo's voice. It sounds like she just had a glass of wine and uh -huh. she just lit a cigar and now she's talking to you. So Kopano, how often does she upload then? Yo, like once a month. Seriously? Yeah. Once yes. a month is a very easy consistency to hit. Yeah, it's easy, it's easy, it's easy, but no, we don't want that. Don't like that. Take me serious. I'm just gonna tell you what she's doing with her hair and am I overdoing it now? I don't know, but uh, mm -mm. Word on the street. Here we go again. We're still talking about intuition on a scale of one to ten. How strong is your intuition? Earlier on, Punta was asking me how strong my intuition is. Well, you know, I don't know, hey Punta, I don't know if it's um, <laughs> trauma mm -hmm. tied to intuition or if it's just intuition. I think mm. it is the former rather than the latter. Mm. Um, but I feel like my sense of, um, but I feel like you see, so for me, I would say in in high danger zones, like I am... Eyes alert, but maybe that's paranoia. That's not yeah, intuition. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm not understanding the term of intuition. But for me, I honestly feel like um I I I it it is there. There's sometimes things that happen and I think to myself, like you said, um ish and I knew, ish and I knew. Or yeah. like like there's like that sense of and I was wondering why this and I was wondering why that and I was mm. and I just dismissed um that's that's that that is a feeling i say i've got quite a lot where mm. i would feel something and dismiss it and then afterwards something would happen and it's not necessarily it would be in line with um what i felt but i can tie a lot of things sometimes to strange occurrences that happened in 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 the morning or in mm. my day throughout my day when something happens later i'm just like oh i should have i should have known when i found mm. this there or when i saw this like that i should have known mm. that was that was that was something that was that was 
that was the sign to let me know, oh, hey, I'm a scapels because things might not be going right. But yeah. so often we just miss it that um, um, you don't even notice it to a certain mm. degree. But you know, you know? there's people so, who, who, who do that thing, like you're saying, like you, you can like, I know, but like, um, there's some people, but maybe also, you know, it would have been nice to actually had involved the producer with this. Maybe she's more in tune with this kind of conversation because there's people who can call you and they just uh, call you and they're like, are you fine? And you're like, I mean, because that one could be also spiritual, but like not everyone's like spiritually yeah. connected to you in that way. So like you could be all yeah. the way in you, where you are and then you like say to me, uh, are you fine? And then I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Why? And you're like, Ish. no, I was just saying, just, you know, be careful today. Or I don't know. There's some people who can do things like say, stay indoors the whole day. I've had people tell me that they have that like, but also that's, that's, that's spiritual because I know my guy friend who told me that he said, that's because his sister is like, is a dreamer. And I was just like, that's weird. Mm. Or the sister will just say, maybe he's like going out, he's going to like go party. And then the sister will be like, I, I, I don't think you should go out. So I don't know if like, yeah, does she have a gut feeling still. or is it a, huh? I would sit still. I would sit still. If yeah. I know which the moon tongue, I'd say, yeah, boy, And the sister I is in like high still. school. And she'll just be like, ah, no, don't go there. And then usually when he doesn't go to whatever spaces that the sister says that he mustn't go, like he, his friends, the feedback would be like, yo, you're lucky you didn't come because this and this and this took place. So I'm just like, damn. Maybe these are like yeah. their uh, sent guardian angels and stuff. Because I mean, following yeah. your gut is like so helpful. Like it's almost like, you know, how we all were like, oh God, why didn't you give us a script or something, a memo to life? But it's those small things that if we pay attention to, you're like, and I also heard something that said um, that sometimes we feel like every single year the repetition of something is because God is saying we haven't learned our lesson on, on something. So every mm. time you're going to spend however mm. long learning this until you get it right. I'm like, that's so frustrating. I wish I knew what could be mine specifically so I can work on it. <laughs> yeah, I wish. Anyway. I, I, I have the same feeling as well. Let's yeah. listen to what Gauteng has to say. <laughs> Okay. Okay. From one to ten, what is my intuition? I feel like my intuition is on a hundred. Okay, how? Uh, and I say this because I have a theory about intuition over instinct because I feel like oh. we sometimes mistake instinct for intuition and vice versa. Ah. And I feel like intuition is the knowing before and instinct is like the knowing now. Mm. You know, I feel like mm. an, a lion knows when to eat something because it's hungry by instinct Mm -hmm. and the lion knows when not to eat because intuition says i'm not hungry i don't need to do this personally i believe in intuition because intuition it's like a prior knowing it's like a you know it's those things like you know before you lose your phone i should have known 10 small Mm. things and then you lose your phone and then you're like oh my god the fuck just happened you know like but ah. intuition is like those 10 things were like the warning. Hey, like for me, bitch. I'm an intuition over instinct <laughs> bitch because I feel like intuition is like they, there's, there's a prior knowing within all of us. And the more we listen and the more we do things mm-hmm. via the listening thing, and then we're intuitive beings. 
But if we act on instinct, right, that I means mean. we act only and solely on the now. But intuition no, that is happens before instinct. I could say yeah. very helpful. Like, like there's it. some people like is like how she's explaining the phone thing. Like already, like from the time your friends pick you up in jail, you can see this is gonna be. It's not your normal. Or the, let's say like especially like girls you know when we were like younger in varsity or in high school your friends like yeah no, i know these guys who drive and then the guys come they dodge they're too drunk and then, then they say yeah, yeah. We're gonna, the night's gonna end in some club they know in alex i mean i'm just making an example and you're like i i i don't know if i thrive in such setups then the night just yes. goes south from there and then you're yes. like i, I could have just said in that moment that you know what this is not gonna work for me but i came back But you just don't want to sound like the friend who's just weird, like who's a party pooper. Because even there's some people, if the phone gets lost, they leave. They're like, okay, I'm gonna call my mom or whoever I'm going. This, because <laughs> ah, some people are like, ah, friend, go, go look for it. This you probably it. left it. You probably left it, guy, guy. Oh, uh, then that's when everything Didn't just goes shame. south. You guys wake up in Devon because you were too lit. Ah. Uh-uh. She's so right. That is And so helpful. And you think helpful. to yourself, we should have left when the phone when the got phone got lost. lost. We should have left when the phone got lost. But then that's too yeah. late. So she's so 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 right. And that's what I wanted to know. I needed to have that understanding. So she mentioned intuition, and so intuition is prior, instinct. and instinct is like at the moment. Instinct is what you're speaking about when you were saying that. Even if besides paranoia, but like sometimes you could be in danger zone places, and then you're not paranoid, but like you're like ah uh-uh, oh. There's some people who knew before they're yes. gonna get into trouble. Like, yeah. I must move yeah. now because this I can, you yeah. know. Yeah. So that was very helpful. Who was that uh, listener? I mean, listener. That was Mapule Mohulatsi. Wow, that is so helpful. Very helpful. Yeah, very, very, very helpful. Let us know for yourself. Send us an email to info at the rewindpodcast.com or reach us on social media like millennials and Gen Zs do. Uh, at the rewind underscores that a only the queen emails still you know yeah <laughs> come on word on the street here we go again word on the street follow us on twitter and instagram, instagram. at the rewind underscore sa and send an email to the rewind sa at gmail.com You're listening to The Rewind. So right now, it's about time that we get into Mzanti Recap, where we look at the biggest news that have taken place over this past week. Past week, One of which, Ponatejo, is the very, very, the, the, the celeb royals, the Zulu royals of um, the Zulu nation. Opeves Nomambinja have gotten married. The, the celeb royals, I mean. No disrespect to I, the, I don't know about the that. monarchy. Guys, I'm not backing <laughs> Bongani up on that. But like, you know what? He said what he said. I don't know about which that. Other Zulu couple, which other celebrity Zulu couple is bigger than Babes and Mambincha? They I'll are the Beyonce and Daisy of the Zulu <gasps> nation. It's Bongani. as simple as that. Okay. Tell me who else. No, no, I'm not saying. I mean, I'm not saying. I'm not disputing the fact that they're big or anything. I know about royalty. They like Zulu royalty. Okay, wait. Can you discuss their performance at their wedding? <laughs> What uh, do you think about it? Do's and don'ts. Don't do it. Even if, if you're, I don't know. 
I mean, I plan to sing at my wedding, but damn. <laughs> what like, do you mean? Yeah, I've had dreams of also singing at my own damn wedding. Maybe so I, in a monologue as well. I just feel like maybe then, okay, you can perform at your own wedding. Just don't do what was done there. Like, it wasn't, yeah, nah. Sometimes, if, sometimes I feel like maybe as a bride, I'll feel under pressure. There's a lot that I had to do. I mean, different planning mm. for different folks. But, like, also to add on rehearsals and then do my show. And then, you know, especially if you want to do it, like, level of if you wanted to, like, have costume, like, you were going to perform at the summers, then I, I don't know. Like, for me, it, maybe, let me say, it wasn't, like, something I would prefer watching. Yeah. Well, I haven't had the chance to see that performance. I actually didn't know that they even performed at their own damn weddings. I'm mm. um, wedding. So I need to go back and do that research and just see that video and then I'll give you my um, thoughts on that. But I think what is very interesting is Mampincha's mother is coming out and she is spilling it and spilling it and spilling it like spilled milk in the kitchen. So she is saying, she's claiming A, that Upez is not pregnant, (laughs) first and foremost. Uh, Secondly, she's also feeling very damned, very used and neglected. She says they came to her house and they shot a feature for um, their reality show for Showmax and they've disappeared. They haven't paid her. No one from the channel has said they're uh, going to pay her. They just uh, got there Jay, and they shot and they shot and they shot and they left. And then she's also saying she wasn't invited to the wedding and she was forced to stay out of the wedding um, complete. Like even if she had arrived at the venue, she was going to be told you're not allowed inside. Eh, they've got like reality quality content worthy shit. Like what? Why is the mother not allowed? At first, I thought like um, Babes's father was the one who was against the whole relationship. Now it's the mother who thinks, hey. Well, it seems like Umam Pincha um, was raised by his grandmother. So, Upebs, I'd say this woman, she's going to sue this woman. And um, she's just a drunkard. And, oh, Umam Pincha was raised by his grandmother. I mean, this is all alleged. We don't want people to come for us. All of it, all of the things we talk here are alleged. alleged, Until people are proved in court, eh? Before Balandatina, because where the law has been. I'm a woman of God and a man of God. Yeah, I will use that line, Yuri. Yeah, yeah, I will tell you all my childhood trauma <laughs> and apologize. <laughs> oh, so now basically is going then, like telling this woman, like, please come down, ma'am. So, yeah, and it seems like Noman Pinja as well is just not buying it. It's just very over mm. her. This just seems to be an attention stunt or something like that. Yeah. Um, they're saying she's drunk in the video in any case. And it, it's, it's a mess. It is a mess with a capital M. I, I don't know. Like, I'm, I don't... Yeah, okay. That's just... <laughs> you don't care about the royal celeb Zulu couple. Yeah, you know what I like about them? I mean, they, their mm. things are all out there and their dirty laundry and their clean laundry is all there. I just don't want to get involved because they have that thing where they said they've got that thing. Guys, mind your own business because whatever happens with us, we're going to stick together. So you're going to have commentary. We're going to say this and say this. Hey, this, they've had so many videos where they, were, they weren't exactly sober and they think someone are going viral. And then we believe, mm. they wanted us to mm. believe them in those states. Now we can't believe their mother or, I mean, my pinch's mother in that state. So I'm just like, I, let me mind my own business because these ones are the same people 
who come back and then mm. you look like the idiots. You know those people. You're like you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, so, no. Thank you for that observation, though, because that observation is spicy and it is spot on. <laughs> Thank you very much for it. You couldn't have laid your opinion much more clearly than you had with that observation. We believe we are expected to believe them in their drunken videos, yeah. but then when it turns around, we, according to their instructions now, are expected to no longer believe other people and their drunken videos, mm. who so happen to be speaking about the very same people who said we should believe in their own drunken videos. Mm. So, so thank I you for that observation, because <laughs> you've made it as clear as day what you think about this whole situation. Yes, definitely. But on a, on a more brighter note, international note, Tuso. What was happening there? Were you fighting? What was happening there? <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh, technical issues. Um, <laughs> Bazoglanda. Yay! I'll get a letter. Tuso. That pay. Tuso. So Tuso is an international mm. baby and she's been gone for a while. According to my mm. sources, she's been gone before COVID. Like, obviously, you know, hustling, I think doing auditions that side. Her agent, like, um, you know, she's a big deal. And I feel like, you know, I mean, I don't want to say that she had done enough in the country, but I feel like she's one of those actors in the country who just had like that thing. Like she just like went up and then it was just like, well, she's really mm. good. Like she's mm. like, if you're like even yeah. someone who studied um, drama or whatever, you're like, okay, yeah. She feels like, yeah. Yeah. And then obviously she, then she's in America now. It's a new, it says, it's a TV Mzanti says, a new month means shows coming to your screens. Let the countdown to Barry Jenkins, the Underground Railroad begin. Premieres 14th May on Prime Video, starring our very own and most talented Tusom Beto. I'm like, wait, nah. Chesa the girl. Yes, and that's the show where she plays Cora. So that's the one we've been knowing about, um, Underground Railroad. It's just finally now reaching our screen. Yes. I think it was in production before COVID, and it actually, um, the production of it got delayed by COVID. But I think they were starting to shoot in August 2020. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess either they started shooting then or they wrapped up shooting then. Um, yeah. And then ever since been in um post and now it's ready to hit the screen so i'm also very excited to see it i think it's the viola viola voila davis news that i am absolutely mm -hmm. excited for and now she is on the cover of um uh so this is the first u.s uh cover for on emmy magazines uh and i'm just like wow she looks like this she looks like you know how the people who act usually on the struggle movies for viola <laughs> she really does have land. Oh, yeah, one of like Lucy's also act as him. Also, yes, yes, it's like new performance. Yeah, but I, I mean, like, Peter, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I know, I know it sounds like something I would definitely say, but like it's not to be like in comparison or anything. But I hope people who just obviously get their break internationally really also know. Like, not like if I got a chance and I'm a celebrity and I so happen to have a good agent and I get gigs to be an actor overseas. But, like, people must know that mm. Kusum Bedu is really a big deal. Like, this girl, I have no doubt that I will freaking get goosebumps from a performance here. I, it won't feel like... And I yeah. also hate it when people, like... It's almost like if Bonang was emceeing internationally with someone inter international, I will know Bonang will not fail us. You will not say, ah, this one, you will only tell with the accent. Hold it, okay, mang ke mang. 
but the standard yeah, of work she yeah. will give is going to be that. So the, I feel like that's going to be the same with Tusa Bejo. Like this girl, I, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, happy. I think she is. She is breaking barriers. She is yes. um, opening doors, and she is honestly a trailblazer. Like mm. honestly, honestly. Imagine you you're see, chilling ooh, with yeah Viola Davis with? sharing like rice. Viola Davis. What's the name of the movie she's doing with Viola? I forgot the name, but I just like I'm excited that they'll be at the trail um, at the trailers and Baja Rice. Bangatari drumstick. Viola Davis. Wow. Yeah. Kind of, kind of they've got budget. So they're probably eating sushi. Hey, Lina. Go to South Africa's struggle. Sorry, you were saying something? (laughs) I completely forgot what I wanted to say. Once again. What is happening? I I don't. Oh, it's called The Woman King. That's the show. That's the the movie that she's doing with Viola. And it's going to be shot in South Africa. I remembered. I remembered. Um, It's called The Woman King. And apparently it's going to be shot here in Mzansi. So, oh, Viola, I saw her tweet something or um, Instagram something. I forgot. Saying that she's hitting the gym. She's getting ready for The Woman King. Um, It's really honestly quite exciting. I'm hitting the gym for a role. Oh, wait, now forget it. Here. Anyway, Pangani, I wanted to say I was watching this. Um, I forgot the name of that um, Netflix um, scary movie that was out Dead now. Dead places. Dead places. Um, then I, I I was bothered with the subtitles, and then they were like speaking in Zulu, and the whole time they were speaking Zwana, and I was just like so irritated. Like I just wanted to, you know, mash. Yeah, I also caught another section where he was speaking a language that I don't think is familiar in South Africa. I think um, it's it's definitely a non-South African language. But the whole stage, the whole show is set in South Africa. And not to say that we don't have people who speak other non-South African languages. How English is non-South African. Um, yeah, but... But it... I mean, also, it, it, context it, said his father, very, I think they speak Zulu. So we thought we assumed he's South yes. African, like, full-blown like that. Uh-huh. Yes, exactly. Um, And his mom, there was no mention... Did, was there a mention of the character's mom being international? Like, non-South African? No, I don't African. remember. Maybe I wasn't paying attention. I also don't remember that. Um, but uh, he had a whole conversation with the witch, I think, or something, umtagati or something, in a whole other language. And I was just like, hmm. And I don't know if that was a stylistic choice, mm. but it wasn't a South African language. And the you might be someone who is trying to figure out what's the what's wrong with that. You know, as long as it's yeah. an African language, what's wrong with that? Yeah. The issue is that sometimes these international places have this banner of um. Africa is one, so it's fine oh, yeah. as long as they're speaking uh, a, a language with clicks or a language that doesn't sound um, English or it doesn't sound like it's French and it doesn't sound like it's Russian and it doesn't sound Asian and it doesn't sound um, like uh, I don't know what. Um, but I get what you mean. Like yeah. it's, it's also like there's, shows the, there's, how there's that sense of that that yeah, ignorance. it's all one. You know, yes. yeah, that ignorance behind it. So it might look like we're crying over isn't is it pedantic? But there's that there needs to be that questioning of were you doing that out of ignorance? And it just happened so happened to be that your stage your show is is placed one way, is staged somewhere, but your best actor for the role doesn't happen to speak the language of that place. So now you just like, oh well, it's an African language at the end of the day. So Gafana. Or no. is it a stylistic thing that he's speaking to a, a, a spiritual being or a spiritual creature and therefore oh. he might need to dip into a 
different level of tongues to mm. communicate with that um, spirit. And it so happens that, but I think that is something only us South Africans and only maybe people of that language might pick up. Um, but I mean, it, you brought it's up a small minority though. that would pick up, you know? But that's interesting. But that? if you're saying maybe if it's an underworld, if they were speaking a different language, that would make sense. But if they were trying to play on the, the Game of Thrones style, that's not what's happening. We have languages, plenty. So they can't be coming here and say, let me what what. Now I was shocked. It says they're speaking in Zulu. Then the person speaking Tswana, like deep Soto. I'm like, huh? It was either Tswana or Soto. I was like, ah, in Zulu the whole time. In but you know what? You know what I think it also is, ne? Uh. I think you got to look at where the money is. A lot of these Netflix shows, um, and it was the problem with Love Island as well. The production companies that are getting oh. the green light are white-owned production companies. We're here again. You know, yeah. yeah. Who have a performative level of inclusiveness. Mm. And it's very surface-leveled in that the inclusiveness and the inclusivity is not um, that that would um, 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 uproot generational wealth and create mm. opportunities for black people down the line they don't have someone who's sitting on the executive team in their company making the decisions for what the company needs to do and how how are we going to pitch to netflix how are we going to get that money it's all a white team and then the performative aspect of it is oh we'll make it a show that has black people you know we'll make it a show yeah, that does this they always does have that. us on the mood boards but not when the money is there yeah. on the main stage yes when the money is involved I see collab but they'll have us on the mood boards and they'll tell us oh, it's diversity it's true it's transformation things are changing mm-hmm. but when the money is we're not there so there was also that laxness with um, white South Africans where they are very relaxed and not even if I can m- tell the difference between someone speaking Dutch and someone speaking Afrikaans why can you not tell the difference between someone speaking Nguni language or someone speaking a Sutu derivative? Mm. All of it is um, African. You're speaking mm. African. So I wouldn't be surprised if whoever was doing the editing in the production company that was in charge of doing the show it was just black. It was not black, white people. And they just said, oh, speaking Zulu, even though it is like full-blown Tswana that is being spoken at that mm. moment. If it is a black production company, then this clearly is a read. Mm. Um, not A non-intentional one. But I, I honestly think that like that's the only situation that can make sense to me in the back of in, in, in my head. But um, not to discredit the work of people like Bent Onion and all these other black production companies like the mm. Ferguson's as well, who are producing producing Netflix shows that are black written and they've got black production companies behind them. But there are a lot of these shows, if we are being honest, not these shows that are on Netflix, these shows that we even see on terrestrial TV where these international concepts are being granted to white owned production companies. And it's these white owned production companies who then run these shows in South Africa, whether it be on Netflix or, and it happens a lot more on the terrestrial TV when they, Mm. when they're getting that show that is popular abroad or something like that. It's more often than not, these white, 
production companies that are getting it. And then they'll have black people there doing, you got, you're going to do the music, you're going to do this. And you're thinking, wow, wow, what an opportunity. But you weren't there when the deal was being negotiated, how much needs to be paid. And now also let's talk about raising the money. Then you are a producer, you know? Um, but anyways. Yeah. But that's very important. Anyways, anyways, yeah. anyways. Yeah. yeah, I think you are, you are actually setting me up. You are giving me the drive. Let's get into our deep dive for today. We're going to be talking about Fees Must Fall. We're going to be looking at the whole timeline of the whole Fees Must Fall saga and looking at where we are today, the recent occurrences that have gone on, and also why Fees Must Fall is not such a simple one-trick solution switch one light switch on and the entire house is lit like there are so many different aspects that need to get into it i mean it's not an essay but um it is a deep dive you know yeah let's get into it zanzi recap so welcome to the deep dive and right now we're going to be speaking about fees must fall where is it now i'm sure if you are south african you definitely remember from 2015 and onwards we have had this hashtag of must fall it's called the fallist movement where we had the roads must fall into fees must fall and we're trying to recap on today's episode what has happened with the fees must fall movement where has it gone what happened to all the people who were standing in front reading memorandums at lutuli house where are they now and also we're going to recap on what happened earlier on in vit in 2021 and all of this regards to the death of a young man who's just making his way home from the doctor but before we get into that i think it only makes sense that we start us from the beginning so what do you think about that yes let's um get into that let's start from the very beginning by the way i was there fighting and stuff i'm gonna tell my children um the new Lua, the <laughs> you new are Lua. you are a struggle icon you know what i mean i fought for your free education son so yeah um, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Is it I free because you can afford it now, or is it free because the government is making it free? It better be free. Like, I mean, there's schools where, um, like, I, I remember reading that in South Korea, that um, the government schools are so good. Somewhere also in Africa, they're so good that the, there's no need for privates. If we ever get there, like, seriously, yes, they're so good. You don't need Montessori there. Like, that's how good. And they have free education and free lunch. Why are you calling out Montessori like that? <laughs> <laughs> it's the first school I could think of. I'm like, you don't have to go to Montessori. <laughs> If well, you know I mean, about... that's very true. <laughs> we, we would love to get it all to a position like that where there is no need for private schools and there mm -hmm. is no need for these elite private um because you you think that maybe americans and um western countries have these ivy league private schools um, i mean ivy league colleges and varsities mm. but we also have them some of them you know some of them are just flying under the radar there's the obvious ones like abo uct and stillenbosch and them but there's mm -hmm. others that are like literal australian universities that are based in the deep 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 depths of Santin and you don't know really? about it unless you are in a certain text yes <laughs> Are you right? There and let's are, get in a certain text bracket because I had no idea. Yes. Yeah, no, yeah, honestly, there are like international um, varsities that have these small campuses based in the north of Johannesburg or based um, in like very affluent areas. And basically the idea is that uh, all these rich people would be sending their 
kids to those schools so that eventually it's much easier for their kids to just jump abroad and go work in Norway or go work Kokaikai having studied in one of those universities yes, or something, you know? because also when I socialize with people of those class, it's like almost like if you're an average child and you're sent to one of those elite boys schools in KZN or whatever, even if I, but if I went to school with kids who are like sons of the president or whatever if i'm rubbing shoulders with people like that people like who went to those schools and they are nobodies now are you know somebody because i feel like your surrounding and the influence you have and the people you have around you can take you to the top but i feel like that's what fees must fall is doing and did for us i feel like oh my god why am i not rich Bongani? but i feel like <laughs> fees must fall um did it's exactly that for that. It really did separate the people who were poor and the people who were rich. Because I'm sure there are people who are um, like, oh, uh, school fees, why is that even an issue? Like in other households, that's not even a chat. So we there had... were people who were like that. When it was really? going on, there were definitely people like that. When it first started, like literally one of the biggest things that fits when all of this was going on was uh-huh. that there were some students who were literally waking up and going to class abanya they protesting saying that why are we paying so much for classes abanya are like oh why the fuck do we have to stop classes we're gonna go to classes because we can afford classes that's why there were so many um students being pulled out of lectures and lectures being cancelled in that sense because there were those who were just like well this isn't my problem so i'm not gonna go join the protest because i can actually afford to be here so i'm gonna go to that class that i can afford to pay for is this like like just Caucasian or was it also black people? Well, I mean, a majority of it were Caucasians, but I think that you might have found those few uh, black students who definitely their parents are ministers and stuff like that, or they work and in he's government, essentially or they're just wealthy. So, yeah, or they're just wealthy class, business people. Yes, maybe if they're wealthy business people, we get it. But if you're from your minister's child and you're also Caucasian, you don't recognize your privilege. And know that anything and everything you have is coming from the blood, sweat, and tears of other people. I just hope that you'll yes. know. Like, seriously. Because, oh my goodness, I know we're not even talking about that. But also with this thing that's happening in Omagigaba. Oh, that happened. That really did shock me. That happened a few weeks ago. But anyway, let's get into the episode. So, um, timeline. Yeah, what happened? I didn't know it started at the roads. Must fall. Was it around yeah, the same so time actually, when there were like uh, the rape uh, stories coming from roads, then leading up to fees must fall, or was that a different um, event altogether? So I do think that I do think that was a different event altogether, but I think it somewhat culminated around the same storm, if I may, you know, okay. um, just uh, with the same sort of um, it, it, yeah, the same sort of gravitas, if I may. But mm. basically, it did start off with the Roads Must Fall movement. And that's another element of the Fees Must Fall, which will discuss um, the decolonizing of institutions. And mm. how this started is back in 2015, there was the Roads Must Fall movement where um, there was the student known as Kumani Makwele mm-hmm. who defiled the Roads statue on the upper universe, up in the upper campus of UCT with feces. So that was just 
the first step. Eventually, the statue was blocked off. Eventually, the statue was spray painted. And then the statue had security around it. And then afterwards, um, the university um, gave in. And actually, uh, about a month later, the statue was removed. Now, that was seen as a catalyst of the fallest movements because that's when all of these, that's when something, something, you know, cancel culture, we spoke about cancel culture and um, call out culture where you'd say Spanbani hashtag is canceled, Taylor Swift is canceled and things like that. The fall movement is another form of that where it was um, roads must fall. So when something, when you see must fall, you must notice that it's a form of cancellation. Oh, and yeah. Roads must fall, hashtag RMF started trending online with regards to the statue and just the idea that we are in Africa, we are at the bottom of Africa. And not mm. that just being at the bottom of Africa geographically has anything to say that we are the bottom or anything like that. But mm-hmm. that means like we are in the deep, deep with black coffee, no money being deep in the bottom, like we're at the <laughs> bottom of the bottle. So we are honestly like, how about the real Makoe Kirona? Like we are deep in it, you know? Mm. Um, yet we've but these universities with all of these uh, figures who actually were quite problematic in the ways and in how they sought to achieve what they wanted to achieve and their execution of what they were trying to achieve was very problematic to the point where it even led to a genocide of people, which we now know colloquially as apartheid and um, even more, you know? So that yeah. was what started it off where people were saying you know what we need to decolonize these institutions we get in there and we learn about um western ways of dealing with trauma we learn about western medication we learn about western performance styles we learn about um western just western ways of doing things western literature when we're learning about african writers we learn about them through the lens of a western person and it was we are in africa why is this education not decolonized and that was one of the things that was really really um prevalent in fees fall was the decolonization of education and it started with this i mean do you remember seeing all of that hubbubaloo about the statue a part of me didn't understand what was going on but once you realize oh that's a statue of cecil john rhodes and cecil john rhodes has all of this history of all of this colonization and being um what you call this gender uh, being a prejudice towards a certain group of people black people you realize why do we have a statue of him in Africa. Exactly. And then a lot of people were pointing out, Hore, um, why, like, you know, almost like, but it's part of the history, Arona, and whatever. And then why is it not, why can't we just keep it up for remembrance and stuff? But I was like, there's so many ways we can keep things and information in history. Marheli's statue, it almost feels like we're honoring Mutuo and we're still like a country that's meant to be free and freedom and all that stuff. But this statue of this person, is still there up in the sky every morning you're waking up and you're going to school and you're seeing the statue that yes all the a, time and then you're being reminded of how much you owe the university as well exactly. like come on such a rich university it even owns mm. hotels you know yeah, yeah, true. So, so now this was also happening around the same time where Invits, the SRC and other students launched the one million one month campaign to raise funds for students on NASFIS who are unable to afford registration fees. Now NASFIS had this thing of um having this uh what you call this um 
what do they call it again? Uh, historic debt. And basically what that meant had, would be that NASFIS, whilst NASFIS is something that is set up by the government to help students in terms of cover their fees. I mean, NASFIS, the one thing about NASFIS is that it says over here that they are supposed to assist students um, making sure that they are provided with sufficient funds to cover the cost of their tuition and or residence, as well as any further reasonable provisions such as transport, living allowance, book allowances, and incidental slash personal care allowance. That is what NASFIS was designed for. Imagine that. NASFIS, mm. that is, it's the National Student Financial Aid Scheme. And it was designed by, designed by the South African government and it's under the Department of Higher Education and Training. And that is what it's NASFIS's mandate. But still, NASFIS goes to students and says to students, nope, we can't cover 100% of your fees. We can only cover 60%. You go find the rest. Nope, At we home. can only cover 80%. You go find the rest. No, you, and you know what's weird? 50%, you go find the rest. But here in the mandate, it says they're supposed to cover everything, you know, to the point where they're covering your incidentals and personal care allowance. Mm. Do you realize what, how much that includes, you know? So it's a bit strange that um, students, not it's a bit strange. It was just very disappointing that NASFIS would exclude students. And now when students are going back to apply for the next year, NASFIS would say, no, you owe us this much. So we're not going to allow you to register. We're not going to give you the money to register. We're not going to allow you to do that. So all these students Students at VITS came together and said, you know what, fuck these institutions. If we come together and we show our Ubuntu, we can raise this money to um, solve these students and allow people to get registered by helping them with some of that historic debt and helping them with their registration fees as well. Because that's another thing. Remember Runako TUT, mm. registration fees was like 1.5. Marako VITS, registration fees is a good 3.5. Imagine that. Sure. Just to Imag register, just to get your name down. How much was it? VITS registration fees was 3,000 upwards. Sorry, you literally graduated from there last year. You know, when I first started varsity, I thought registration fees was a once-off fee. Like, when yeah. you're coming in in first year to get a student yeah. number, you're going to pay one. And the fact sense. that we paid yeah, annoyed me. Now, imagine having to keep a whole 3K until the, yeah. the varsity doesn't even know you. And that's like, some people's mothers and fathers. Number. Salaries. Their what's entire so, salaries. What's heartbreaking for me is that, and how you're breaking up this, uh, breaking down the NASFAS and the payments and everything, is that they ask you for, like, you know, your parents' uh, income, what, what, your dad's and everything. But then they yes. can see that they, even if on, on your the best day, on, 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 your, on your mother's and father's, um, you know, when they get a, what do you call the bonus and everything, they could have never even tried to start paying for your fees. And then they come back and tell you that, oh, yeah. And these are the same parents who were there. I can never look apartheid. So I feel like even yes. this whole apartheid, if we say we're forgetting, it's almost like everyone must start on a clean slate. But then the people who had an upper hand, who, which are the white people during apartheid, they get to just say, okay, we move with everything we stole. But then, okay, the black people, okay, school, uh -uh, guys, make a plan. These are the old people who were there, minors yeah. or somebody. But there isn't anything that is a substitute for us to say, oh shit you know you're black get free education i'm not saying white people and aren't poor white people or whatever but i feel like there isn't any compensation it's almost like okay fine on your max set go okay 1994 mandela come in okay guys let's start afresh you know everyone is free it's free and i'm just like but yeah. there's no freedom they get to just use that privilege and move on from what they've stolen and nothing is given back to us 
How are you telling someone, oh, come from a household, mama, I work at retail, papa, I work at that, who I own 3,000 for school fees? That is ridiculous. I mean, exactly. that's for registration. That is so ridiculous. Oh, my God. How much was so, our registration? And I think what you're touching on, uh, it was on, I think, I remember it being at least 1.5. Oh, yeah, I, I think maybe, yeah. That is, what the hell? What does 3,000 include? Like, what do you get from registration? Like, it's just that I'm saying I'm at, back at school. Yeah, it's just saying I'm back and I'm going to continue. I'm back. I'm registering for second year or I'm registering for third year or whatever. <sighs> yeah, wow. Well, 3,000. <sighs> yeah? Yeah, no, yeah. that's so messed so up. What you're touching mm-hmm. on, yeah, it is quite messed up. What you're touching on, and I love what you're touching on so much, is you, you're getting into the missing middle situation, you know? Um, it's, 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 sorry, I just got a WhatsApp text that is just so strange. But anyways, um, <laughs> you're touching on the missing Yeah, you're touching on the missing middle, which is one of the biggest things that came out of this protest, where you had students who were being excluded by NASFAS because according to NASFAS's records and what your parents have coming in and how much you can afford, um, you're fine. You don't need extra help. But you've got people with parents saying, I can't afford the school fees. Like, varsity fees were, are, not even were, Mm. varsity fees are Hi. And there were parents who were saying, I cannot afford this. No man things that apply any loan. I will not be qualified for a loan due to having my own debt a- issues. A and you know how high. exactly. And even- yes, and you know how black people we are trapped in credit all the time. Like yes, that's the one system so as a black debt. person you want to run away from the credit system and the debt system. Like and- you want to make sure that you stay clean and good as, as you are. So NASFAS, according to your parents' income and stuff like that. You are fine. You can afford to pay for But varsity. they're not checking but if your mother's you in debt the... because you're looking at the salary yes. and how much is left every month. Exactly. Exactly. Woo. So there was that issue of the missing middle where there's these people who are seen as middle class, but they can't even afford something that is seen as a middle class um um a hallmark. Exactly. My favorite word of this of these couple of episodes uh-huh. is um going to varsity and affording varsity you know or if you even Mm. need financial assistance it's not a hundred percent you know but Mm. there were those students who were not getting that assistance from fees was fall and this was that what that one million one month um campaign was all about is Mm. not just um assisting those with the historical debt but also assisting those that need that registration fees and stuff like that and um that's that's the thing is that that march and when they raised those funds that was just like a a, a temporary um um a solution it didn't deal with the root causes Yo. but anyways the protest is the protests for Fismas 4 continued all the way into 2016 and in october of that 2016 there was a march that took place from vits all the way to lutuli house where a memorandum was handed over by um, the SRC of um, all these different varsities um, in South Africa to the head of um, higher education, which was Bladen Zimande, with a list of demands. One of the list of demands, now the list of demands at this stage was still very few. It included free education for everyone now, mm. um, the, the reduction of registration fees, as well as um, what you call this... Um, the clearance of historical debt for NASA students and mm-hmm. um, also in 
outsourcing and not outsourcing of university um, faculty employees because a lot of these varsities were getting, for their professors, they were getting London professors, they were getting um, German professors to give these modules and give these classes and give these sessions. Mm. And um, they weren't using people who are in South Africa, who are professors by right, and who could generally take over that class themselves. But not even just that, but also just the outsourcing of um, just cleaners on the grounds and stuff like that. Mm. It was outsourced international companies that would then try and scramble and find people and like their ways of doing this were unscrupulous and things like that you know so Mm. there was a lot of we need a lot more insourcing of the faculty that is working faculty that is giving us the education and faculty that is looking after the vast the university as well but number one on that list was definitely the free education and now and you know why the now was important this Mm. was taking place in about 2017, 2016, 2017. Now, if you calculate all the way back to 94, one of the ANC's running election campaigns um, was that they are going to give free education. Mm. And they had all of those to make sure that that came to fruition. And it was honestly not a priority. At every conference, at every event, nothing was being mentioned about making education free. And this is taking it back from that age from Tata to Tabo to um, Jacob Zuma they mm. were just talking about other things that were more important and stuff like that was seen as more important at the time but mm. no one was speaking about this election promise to bring free education this election promise of 1994 and so for me why this is very important is because it's showing you that 94 wasn't just about voting so that we can get white people off the seat. Like, you couldn't just make us promises just so that you can get the white man off and we can have a democratic country. No, 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 no. We are holding you accountable to those promises you made to us. Just because we've got black people in power right now does not necessarily mean those promises made by those black people. We cannot hold them accountable for those promises. And when this happened, fees must fall. It was a a, a culmination. It was like a result. It was a catharsis of having and waited for this one promise that was so sidelined that we hadn't. We we stopped hearing about it and campaign. We stopped mm. hearing about it at elections, hearing about it at rallies. And so it was just a very uh, abrasive and um, very, um, if I may, visceral reminder to the ANC that, hey, you made this promise mm. and we voted for you on this promise. So where is the delivery of this promise? Yeah. And you know what's so, yeah. <laughs> what's so hurtful about everything you're mentioning? It, it just almost feels like there's never a win for us. Like I'm I'm not even trying to like make the whole thing about race and stuff, but I'm just seeing how everything is a hurdle. Like not only do I struggle already through school, like, I mean, I'm maybe even in a more f- fortunate position to even been to the schools I've been to, but there's already the struggle that you're already going to a school. There's probably no textbooks. There's no toilets. There's no this. You go to varsity, you get in your first year. And then again, you're struggling to pay your fees. You're fighting, you're fighting again. And then you get into the real world, you don't have the experience, you didn't work, you didn't have your uncle who owns who owns Bradlow's, who owns Pick and Pay and Ocean Basket to have the yes. experience that is needed for this. Then again, it's another fight for you to go work at Pick and Pay again, even though you've got an engineering degree. And then fine, you get a job, then you start, again, you're fighting again because 
uh, Yaku is in a low, is, has not even had the half the qualifications you have, but is in the company, but is earning more than you. And it just feels like everything is a struggle. But what is upsetting now is that I'm not saying I'm going to even blame the apartheid specifically now, is that we have the black leaders, the people who wanted us to have this freedom, but they're the ones who are doing all of this to us. I'm not saying exactly. we must wake up and say, oh, only black people. But these are the people who are doing this to us. Like, why aren't we getting free education? Why do they just want to be the greedy people and just have so much money? Like some of the money is just too much for one person to have and they sleep well at night. It is so disheartening yeah. that our black leaders are the ones who are denying us free education. Like, I mean, we yeah, have all the rights to feel like, you know what, I just want to do my PhD. It's just a right. It's a basic right. Can I have free education? Can I be educated? But that 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 doesn't happen. And it's like you're saying, like to be disappointed by your own people ah. is very very sad. Excuse yes. me. I said Blade Zimande was who they marched to at Lutuli House. It was actually Gwede Mandashe at the time. Okay. Um, then thereafter. There mm-hmm. was a march to the union buildings. After yes. the Tuli House march, there was a march to the union buildings, which where we all Punta remember was. very well. It happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where Punta was and where, many wait, of where our were you? other friends. I feel like this is... Like, where were so, you that time? So that morning, um, before the strike was confirmed, I had I actually um, had uh, booked to work at the ice store. And um, generally what happened at the ice store is that um, before the month, like you would submit your dates before the month starts. So oh. with this date coming when I'd already had already submitted my days, like I needed and I really like I like it took everything in me to drive to work because mm. I even had friends come from Joburg. I literally stayed a stone throw away yes. from the union buildings, as you remember. <laughs> and I had friends come from Joburg and we were helping them make signs and banners outside, downstairs, there by Craig's place. Uh-huh. They had parked their cars and it was just like, okay, cool. Like it really felt like, why the fuck am I going to work? And I went to work that day, but um, I, trust me, I was still an activist at work. I had sticky notes where I was putting hashtag fees must fall and stapling it onto people's shirts, onto my colleagues' shirts, so that <laughs> as they walk around the store, as as we are lost in all of this beautiful glamour of capitalism and um, Apple, we also rem- we are reminded of the reality that's happening literally uh, a 10, 15, 20 minutes drive away from us at mm-hmm. the union buildings. Um, so there was that march. That march was very chaotic. President Zuma was supposed to come out and address the students. He, it took him forever. He said he's going to come out at 10. He didn't. He said 12. He didn't. Eventually, I think, Opuming Abuma 3. And he was, he just waved or something. Like, whatever it was, it was very um, underwhelming. Whatever he tried to do, it was very underwhelming. Underwhelming. But, um, and it felt like, so we felt so disrespected. Like, so we waited for extremely so. Extremely so. Like, extremely so. I mean, people came thing. out in their numbers from mm. in buses and they filled the capital and they had waited to be addressed by the president with their demands as well and to have this. Um, discourse if i may with the president mm. this audience if i may actually with the president and he 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 basically snubbed the youth <laughs> like yeah, really literally did. whitney says that the youth uh the, the <laughs> children are our future and yes. he ultimately snubbed the future you know oh, um, and it erupted in um 
very, very violent protests with a lot of fire and the burning down of toilets and things like that. And I think one thing that I must um, raise is that, yes, we are speaking about Fears Must Fall um, based on what happened from Rhodes Must Fall. Mm. But we need to remember that um, the historically bad black um varsities the uj's the tuts mm. these are things that they've always been complaining about they've yes. always been marching and protesting and shutting shutting down their campuses over time yes. and time again. again it's just it didn't reach the media when it reached the media it was isolated incidences making it look like oh they're marching about this thing this time oh they're marching oh, about this thing this time because like i like that you highlighted that these are like the black universities <laughs> Um, and then because, yes. because it's with TUT and it's just like, oh, they're being rowdy. And these people have been fighting. Like they, they were really passionate about fees must fall, like for the longest time or, you know, fighting for the rights of the students. Um, I mean, these are the things we were seeing and facing on a daily before fees must fall was a fees must fall. But I mean, it, if it came from exactly. this, it seemed like, yeah, okay, this is serious. No, you've actually got a point because even when it was... So all of those that were happening before didn't have that fees must fall banner or that must fall um, um, signature in it. So therefore, it didn't gain... I mean, it gained traction, but it wasn't as big as it was. Like I said, it was isolated incidences. But what you're saying about drawing that line of the um, the, the black universities is the fact that even once Seismus 4 was rolling, a lot mm. of the focus and attention was on UCT and VITS. Mm, What's mm, happening mm. at UCT and VITS? Oh, the VITS students are doing this. Oh, the UCT students are doing this. Yeah. Even when there was a march in Bramfontein, I mean, Auckland Park is literally a corner away from Bramfontein. So mm-hmm. what's it to say that when there was much when there were marches going on in Bramfontein, it didn't include students from UJ at Auckland Park, but the reporting of it would say Vit hashtag Vits fees must fall students, etc. A B C D E F G and stuff and mm, stuff like mm, that. Mm. And that ties back to that erasure of the black narrative. Yes. Um, even in a movement because that is is about the black um experiences, you know, people exactly. of color. And when people were telling the stories, like it's almost like they were like, oh, um, yeah, I think it's Nomfundo. When she was there, like, whatever, Nomfundo is there in the front, whatever, doing Winnie Mandela walk. And then, then people, when, this is how people tell the story, like, oh, yeah, she's there doing the Winnie Mandela story. And then when TOT arrived, I'm like, wow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly. how the story goes, like, when TUT exactly. arrived, shit That's when, oh, that's down. when shit hit the fan. <laughs> But you know what, like for me, like it's almost like if someone's saying that if people were protesting during the apartheid, that was rowdy. I don't think it was rowdy. I feel like maybe if, because they do follow protocol because these are the people who are in like pol- into politics and wanting to, you know, obviously. So I'm sure there's paperwork that has to be done first. You follow protocol, like it must go from this level to this level. After this level, they're like, okay, now we're done. Now we're going to do violence. Yeah. Now we're going to do what, what. So obviously, maybe there's different people of different class who go to different schools. But for me, sometimes I was like, you know what? TT wants the work done and they get it done. Because I mean, <laughs> they know how to get the yes, work done. Yeah, because I'm just like, uh, what is the government expecting? Like, are you guys expecting? Like, these people, some people, if they go back home, like, there's no hope. And then also they wonder why, I mean, these, th- these things just fall on each other because like I go back to school and I'm fighting and I'm at school. And I've heard like people tell me stories of things they used to eat in varsity. And I used to be like, what the hell? I thought like I'm thinking, oh my god, I'm struggling because I can't go for movies during the week. And someone is saying that week they probably had rice with milk 
or whatever. But if people used to eat as a as a unit because mm. so they can survive they in university. They struggle together. Yes, yeah, exactly. because also Nespa's money is not enough. So when they had their Nessa's money, they'll buy a lot of groceries so they can share as a collective as one of people who feel like they came there for the same mission from the same background. So now that there's that struggle, you're not getting enough food. Like, I mean, I would fight. I would fight. I mean, obviously, I'm not saying the people from Vids weren't fighting hard enough or the people, but some people really had really, really bigger issues because of where they come from. And yes, yeah, some people went to TT because that's what they could afford. You know what I mean? So yeah yeah yes it's so freaking upsetting hey no yeah no it is it Uh, honestly is quite upsetting um but in terms of now fees must fall what mm. was the mandate what was the memorandum so there were a couple of things that were listed that um the four lists wanted from government and not just government from nasfus from the universities and that's the one thing about this fees must fall protest it's very different in that it's not just about it's not protesting just one system just the one is like it's it's got many layers to it and there are many demands from each of the different role players in all of this situation and therefore that's why it feels like it doesn't end or it feels like it's it just starts and it stops and it starts and it stops because sometimes we win on this side on the government side but then the universities are letting us letting us down by still applying a registration um fee you know and Mm. things like that were happening where even after, um, because once once in October, once, what happened after that was that Jacob Zuma said, okay, you know what, education will be free. And he left it at that. And I mean, it was quite interesting the time that he did it in, because a lot of people say that it was a political move in that Jacob Zuma knew that he would be out very soon. There's a chance mm. that he would be out very soon. Mm, mm, Therefore, mm. it wouldn't be his problem to solve. It would be the problem of his successor, which was yes. looking to be like Cyril Ramaphosa. Not a child. But also B, he wasn't it was a political us. move. Yeah, it was a political move in that um, he would look like, between him and Cyril, the one guy who would definitely make sure it happens is yes. Jacob Zuma. So ah. if he says fees will be free, people have a... Uh, 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 um, uh, a motivation to now vote for him at the next ANC conference at Nazareth to say we're going to go for President Zuma because they know that there's a chance that um, he's going to, if between him and Cyril, the one who would make education definitely be free is President Jacob Zuma. So a lot of people felt like Zuma, when he said education would be free, he was squashed into a corner in that he needed to say something and B, he saw it as a political pawn to use to um, advance his career. Now, this is all alleged. This is all hearsay. And this is what all the professionals are saying. Um, they they are analyzed out of the situation. Mm. And you can agree with it or not. Like, I mean, a, I a huge agree. part of me did feel like, I for me, a huge part of me did feel like it was a cop-out from him. He knew that mm. all he needs to say is, yes, it will be free. And he definitely knows that he mustn't deal with it. He was oh, nearing yeah. the, the end of his second term as a, pres- as a president. And as it stands right now, you can only be president for two terms in South Africa. So mm. um, he knew very well that, he's yeah, gonna, that was- he's, he, it's not going to be his baby to deal yeah. with, you know? Mm. But I wish that was the case in the royal house. The queen needs to step down. Anyway, but I think um, <laughs> we've got so many... Ugh, what is this? Uh, we've got so much money. Not many. We've got so much money. I feel like, yes, because um, I, was re- I was listening to the... Is it the Dojo podcast? I, the, the, um, they were talking about how the difference between... Um, 
settle as a capitalist leader and um, Zuma being like more of a family man and who would be more compassionate mm, to situations and things mm. like that. I mean, like, yes, I'm not saying Zuma's like a saint or whatever, but I'm just saying like, maybe he knew there was money. Yes, there must, it must have been a move because I mean, like, yeah, you know what, I'm getting out and it's going to be your problem. But like now when Tokyo's Harley was talking about um, saying, because he mentioned, and he did say it when I was watching that uh, address and he's like, Zuma didn't just agree to the fees must fall. There were funds in the fund. There were funds for that. We, they could have even more than, you know, give us free education. We had like, I mean, now oh, it's a wow. perfect example. Now we just had billions disappear and reappear. Billions mm-hmm. in dollars. Mm-hmm. It disappears in our country and it's shared amongst themselves. So uh, we, we can, we can or definitely get um, free education, but it's a matter of if they want to or not. And how greedy um, yeah, whoever is in power I definitely is. agree with that. I so do believe do there, is enough, there is enough money. That's the least yeah, they can I'm do with... for us. Yeah. So the memorandum, what did it call for? Mm. It called for free education. Now, like I said earlier on, it said no registration fees, even where there is outstanding debt. And that outstanding debt speaks to that whole historical debt issue. By elections for SRC, because the elections were seen as unconstitutional, um, historic debt repayment for students who are graduating um, to be scrapped in total. Um, access to academic record, whether you are in debt or not, because a lot of the varsities were doing this thing where you would write, write, write your exams, but now you don't because you haven't paid for last year, you don't. they don't give you your results. You don't know if you've passed or failed and you don't sure. know whether to register for third year, but registration is closing now. So are you going to register, make all this money to register for third year only to find that, no, you failed second year. So you actually need to register for second year. Or um, are you actually, you've actually passed and you can actually register for the year, you know? That, mm. was, that was something people wouldn't know. And I mean, can you imagine the stress that causes... Um, but anyway, because uh, imagine um, if you had already like let's say a res gives you space and they say no come and it's first covered that but now because you've got outstanding fees for school you've already bought these things and they tell you no you can't come it's just a lot of because I've, I've seen it happen at school where people don't know every single day you're coming and you guys are at that office trying to negotiate exactly mm. so there's another there's another point here Um, they asked for we are should I say they or we? I feel like we. I wasn't there in the meetings, you know. Ah. <laughs> I, 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 I stand behind it. But anyways, mm. um, we asked for leftover food from all dining halls must be given to poor students and day scholars on campus. Now, wow. I'm sure you think this is quite random. But if you think about a place like UP, UP is one of the affluent varsities where they've got all these res houses that are able to afford all of this dining for their students and stuff like that. And definitely they were not taking all of the leftover food and giving it to poor students, you definitely know that those that food was going straight into the bin, you know? Yes. Um, suspensions and disciplinary action due to the protest that took place uh, in 2015 should be revoked. So a lot of people were still... Now, this was taking place in... Um, I mean, these this list of demands was more around 2016, um, 2017. And uh, mm. a lot of people who were who had disciplinary action taken against them for the protest in 2015 were found were being found ostracized by their institutions and um, the schools by not being allowed to register or participate in academic activities. And hence this rule of um, that um, 
all of that should be revoked. Uh, th- we called for no police presence on campuses. We also called that African students, um, in brackets, international students within the border of Africa, should not pay an upfront, an upfront fee payment of 75%, but rather it should be pushed down to 50%. And I mean, anyone who's ever tried to apply at an international v- varsity, like, you know that they want their payment, like, upfront, before Ufiga no Ufiga, before you even apply. One of the things you know is that it, it has to be upfront. And this is what I loved about um, the the must the fees must fall movement is that it was so inclusive. It was very pan African, which is very inclusive, mm. but also it it wasn't classist. Like um, just making sure that people who are hungry, a lot of people spend a lot of money just mm. getting to varsity. So making sure that they have food at varsity is not honestly a priority. They're just making sure they can get to varsity, be Mm. in their classes and get home in time. So Mm. making sure that there is food for them by making sure that these dining halls have food, like it speaks to so much inclusivity, making Mm. sure that workers are taken care of. And it's not just about, we want fees to drop, but we are looking after the workers and making sure that their work is guaranteed and that Mm. these varsities won't just go fetch international people and or go fetch a company that's simply going to exploit workers for the sake of the company is international therefore they do not care about the basic conditions of employment act Ay. it was a very inclusive movement you know um, another thing they called for here we called for was the removal of upfront accommodation fee and that students should be allowed to move in upon registration and also returning NASA students in their final year should be given financial aid to complete their academic studies so it's it's quite a long um, mandate um, mm. of a memorandum of request. But if you think of the fact that um, ed- free education was already promised from 94, mm. then thereafter, NASFIS was established to assist students with taking care of all those things that we mentioned earlier on tuition fees, transport fees, accommodation mm. fees, and all of that. Like, if you keep those things in mind, you realize that this whole entire list, maybe about three of these items, you could say, Uguti, yes, okay, this is something that is a stretch, not even a stretch, but this is something that was not promised. But the rest of it is things that were promised that were just never delivered. Mm. Which is what the the slogan of South Africa ever since... Um, ra- um, ever since 94 mm. South Africa A rainbow nation Filled with promises And no delivery You know mm. That is That is That is Mzansi A rainbow nation Filled with the promise of color And no delivery of it You know We just see a grey rainbow Yes day. We're just like one day One day One day One day One day mm. You know So now- So that's what we were That's what we were arguing for And mm. Some of it has been achieved, like a lot of varsities started doing the insourcing. Um, education uh, was, um, so one of the very early mandates was that um, this whole thing of the increase of um, fees, the increase of registration fee, the increase of tuition free is must stop. Like every year these varsities increase their fees and it was like, why are you increasing your fees? Yes, we get that sometimes there's things like inflation that you must watch and things like that. But my mm. goodness, a whole increase of 10%. Like, why a whole change. 10%? Can they break it down Yeah. Yo. So what happened after that was that um, 
uh, increase of fees was capped to about 6%. A lot of people, a lot of us still argue that um, that is still way, way too high. Uh, but it was the steps that were taken going forward in terms of dealing with fees must fall and ensuring that there's free education that is accessible to everyone and for everyone. Mm. Another step in that as well was our president, Cyril Ramaphosa, who um, after Zuma said education will be free, went on and gave um, a budget speech, his first um, state of the nation, <laughs> not a budget speech, his mm -hmm. first state of the nation address in parliament uh, as president of South Africa. And he said that first year tuition would be free. I You know, you remind me, you remind me, um, your reaction literally is how I felt when I watched that and I heard him say that. I feel like that's how most of South Africa felt when he said that at that Sona in 2018. People were just like, like, you know, yeah, this, you like, know this oh, promo we that we, we had. we got away with it, but like, ah, oh, no, they're still going to keep disappointing yeah. us. You know this promo that we have mm. that says um, mm. or whatever it says. I feel like that was what Cyril needed to hear because, okay, great. First year is free, but varsity is not a one-year thing. Like, what is the plan here? We all know that just to get a national diploma, you need at least three years. So first year is free. What about the other two? Let alone exactly. the other four My years. My financial in medicine, situation is not changing years? overnight. Exactly. Overnight, in a year, my 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 dad is not going to be a minister and afford to. No, no, no! In a year, my dad is Dubai not going to be a minister and steal from all the poor people. It's not going to happen. My mom is not going to be working in the office of the presidency and diverting funds in a year. <sighs> Why do we live like this? Like. <laughs> Bongani, this conversation stressed me out more than anything. I it's Ah Yeah, it was honestly a slap in the face by the president. Um so it, it you know what it's going slowly. Um it's it's a slow fight. It's a slow struggle. It really is honestly a slow fight. It's 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 a war. And we win battles here and there. But it is a war. Oh, hi. I'd probably a very, like, I'd be dead for the long time. I'll be an ancestor's. I'll be celebrating either way, but I will be an ancestor before that takes place. These people don't take us seriously. And that's why I'm, the rich stay rich and the poorest stay poor here. Unless, I don't know what happens. That's true. Yeah. That's true. That is very, very true. Yeah. Mm. So now what's being done? Like, what are, what are we... Is there any progress with anything? Is there... Like, I mean, now we obviously had the Vits protest, hashtag Vits protest. So that means that we haven't solved anything. We're still back to square one. No, yeah, we haven't solved anything. And a lot of it comes into the fact that it's multi-sectoral, sectoral, you know? Um, you've got NASFIS, which is a role player. You've mm -hmm. got... The institutions, which is a role player. You've got the media, which is a role player. You've got government, which is a role player. Um, that need to come together and find these solutions. Uh, we need to find solutions on the NASFAS front. Then once we've dealt that and we've handled that, we need to look over at the institutions and see how they need to change, why they need to change, mm. what systems they have in place that 
they need to execute and implement that will change whatever they've got going on right now because clearly that's not working as it should be or as we would like it to be working. Mm. And then governments as well, um, looking at what they have, what solutions they have for for students. Because, I mean, having Nessus is great, but that's just one initiative. What other yeah. initiatives do you have? And I think a lot of it really does stem down to dealing with the root causes, you mm. know, um, paying people what they deserve, making sure that there's policy to ensure that no one is being exploited as an employee yes. so and that also, people are able to mm. put put aside money to take their children to school. Exactly. But also, I honestly believe, I honestly, honestly, honestly believe in South Africa, once your parents have, you once they've focused and they've focused and they, they've, They've 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 twirled daddy and they've twirled for me, daddy, mm. to get you through primary and high school. Government should help. Government should yeah. come through and be like, okay, you know what? You got the basics right. Let us do the higher part. Because the thing is, once we have more skilled citizens in our nation, we've got more money coming into South Africa. More skilled citizens means that more people are more um, eligible to apply for international jobs. And when they apply mm. for international jobs, they send money back home. More people can create initiatives that can provide mm. social change for a number of people just by having all of these skills that they would never have had mm. it, because they can't afford to go to varsity. And once people start becoming smarter and start, um, what you call this, um, having a, a more learned level of society where the average individual doesn't have a matric, but maybe they have a national diploma, that's mm. where you start seeing national, that's where you see policy reform taking place that is uh, um, accommodating and inclusive of everyone else because mm. everyone can step up to the table and mm. say, this is what I need for me to be a productive citizen that gives into this country like I need to be, like the country would like me to be, you know? Um, and that comes with um, just educating people. And I'm not saying that people who are on the lower spectrum of education cannot... Um, uh, give in, not give in, cannot um, contribute to a thriving economy. Yes, mm, they definitely mm, can, mm, yeah. but it works so much better when a lot more of the people in that economy are learned and are open up to, and I mean, it's the plan, it's what happened in China, I think. Mm. So many, like education became such an important thing for Asian parents that they they are now like have a lot more people in middle to upper class than they do have in the lower class and um and uh, not China I think it's North Co North Korea sorry excuse yeah, me North Korea, I think it's yeah. Japan and North Korea yes they have a lot more people who um are more educated than they were before and as a result a lot more people are living above the poverty line now mm. you know but there was this obviously like uh, all of this will like if um I mean also we have like also an unemployed high unemployment rates in the country and I was reading also people saying things along the lines of maybe in universities they need to communicate what sectors are open and have more employment if that makes sense so that's what people were saying yes. like i know some varsities are discontinuing some subjects or courses because they are not like a valid thing that is like like there is no employment for it in the country or you don't get it in that sector anymore 
Um, and for us, like, cause now, like, when you come to career day or open day at school, they just do a, like the generic, um, hey guys, you're going to varsity, and no one actually comes and tells. I mean, some people would are realists and they would want to know where's the money at. Imagine when you're in grade nine, if you're told yeah. that already, and then if I'm preparing for a subject, I already picked the subjects that I know I'm capable of doing, and they they've got this line of career work, and I know I'm gonna get a job. I don't know if that is going to also make a difference with having more people employed and me, more people can you know, take their I, siblings and daughters and children to yeah. school. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. And I, I, I agree in that more needs to be done in terms of preparing and creating opportunities for the job market, for what is actually the skills that are actually needed. But I don't think it's up to the varsities to go do this research and find out what is needed now. What yeah. do we need to? Yes, in terms of course offerings, yes. But um, I think the, the most they could do is increase space for a certain course mm. because it is a, a job that is in demand right now. So um, if you know that um, you're only going to take in 600,000 first-year students for all of, throughout your entire campus um, and something like accounting is uh, a very demanded uh, skill in the workforce, then make sure that 75 to 80%, maybe that's even a little too high, that maybe is extremely high, mm, but mm. make sure that a full 10% of those 600,000 is going towards accounting and finance literacy students, you know, mm, um, mm, opening mm. spaces for that. But I think it is up to you as a student, it is up to you as a high school, and it is up to parents as well to go do the research of, what is employable right now? What can my child make a job out of? And you have this conversation with your child that, listen, I think if you get educated in this aspect, you'd be able, but also for you as yourself, like, I mean, you and I, were, were, I won't say we're very different, but um, artists generally don't care about the money. We decided to go study what we're going to yeah. decide to go study even because it feeds us. But there, yeah, even when you knew, but there are those people who don't have any inclination towards a specific topic or a specific subject. They're good in bio. They're okay in maths. They're okay in accounting. They're okay in um, history. They're okay in this. And they're not necessarily tied down to bio. Like they were just, mm. maybe their bio marks are the highest marks, mm. but um, they wouldn't mind going and doing something in accounting or they wouldn't mind going and doing something in business administration, you know? Um, mm. But uh, it's up to them and the parents to sit down and discuss, okay, okay, what, op what do you want to do? And also now, once you have that degree, what doors are open to you? Where's the world going? And you as a child at 18, 19, you can somewhat guess where the world is going, but you won't have as much information as your adult, as your parent, who is listening to the radios, engaging with the news, who is actively living the working environment and seeing where, which departments are being closed and things like that. So they've got a good, like, you speaking to someone in high school now, you can say, listen, look at something in coding. Coding is going to be big and with algorithms and artificial mm. intelligence that mm. all relies on coding. So mm. focus, maybe look at getting something in coding because in the next few years, once you're done with your degree, there will be a demand for someone who has that those skills, you know? Mm. But someone in high school might not necessarily have um, the capacity the capacity to look that ahead, you know? Mm. They might know of AI and algorithms and stuff I mean, like that, but they might not connect the dots to that sense. 
to that that's level. a dope business idea though like for someone to do that like to go to school and offer that exactly have exactly. that kind of a coach happen at school like you know when you ch- when you get your subject somebody who can tell you that you know what i'm in the future and i can look into the future that's my job you know i study things and to know what trends will be happening and what jobs will be because i remember even when covid started i googled like what are the jobs that will be more prominent during the after COVID or after what is like going to be, you know, because now some people maybe saw that their companies don't actually need to be having, being working. They, they can work maybe online and they don't have to work like this or whatever. So COVID did shift a lot of things. And obviously there were people who could see ahead or, okay, when this sickness comes or whatever, if this is the trajectory of how people are working, da, 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 this is what's going to change. This is how insurance is going to change. If somebody had a business idea like that, I mean, a, a thing that they do at schools, um, that's like, I feel like it's perfect. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, I think that is a creative business idea. Yeah. You came up with it. Maybe you can action it and come back to us and let us know how it's working out for you. I know. <laughs> Somebody else can take it. <laughs> I don't think complain about the white man. So don't be surprised if I'm doing that in Cape Town and I tell you, put I'm working on this great initiative where I'm doing ABCD. I'll be happy. You'll buy us a studio. Oh, uh, that is definitely a plan. Earlier on, you were asking, so where to from here? Yeah. I think now that we've all discussed all of this, um, we must speak about what's coming up. The president has confirmed that we're having elections going on in October on the 27th mm-hmm. or the 29th of October, one of the two. So that is the chance. And I know, yes, this is local municipal, municipal elections, but, but it can shock um, people. It can shock people. And don't think about just the now. Mm. Think about creating the platform. Oh, excuse me. Think about creating the setting steps and the ground and the foundation for your party that puts free education as a priority. Um, mm. Creating the perfect situation for them to take over in mm. um, the next couple of years after mm. these local municipal municipal elections. Yes. When we do national elections, if they have more footing in the local um, municipal um, elections and um, they are doing a great job, then it makes it much easier for people to vote for them nationally. So we need to be looking out for these parties and putting them top of the list because, you know what, we are going to be parents one day. (laughs) And Mm. I would love that by the time I'm a parent, I don't have to worry about varsity fees. Thank you. Apart from from doing it for myself and doing it now for those who are in it now, Mm -hmm. like, that's one big thing that sits on the back of my head. Like our time, hopefully one day they're going to say cancel of historic debt and we won't need to pay them. But right now we're championing and we're pushing so that um the next people, the ones that are in high school right now, they're the ones that get there and it's free. If not, at least our children get there and it's free. Mm. If you know, by this, if by the time we have children, and and I mean, which is a very very open ended statement because some of our friends are having children right now, you know. And yeah, but we're at the age think, where like 
Bunga popa. Hey, open some of these cool malaysian toilets. Oh yeah, fuga. She was yawning now. Now. What could my mother think of me when you're saying things like this online? <laughs> I can obviously we're talking about professional things. I can't just say. I just I just love how whenever we talk about unplanned pregnancies, Puta is just like yay <laughs> all the time. Or it's like yay. Anytime is tea time when it comes to those things. You think you're fine, next thing you know, you're not so fine, you know. And she always comes with that enthusiasm. No, it just I, means that you are alert, you are aware of it, and you don't want it to happen to you, so you make sure that it's not, which yes. is very, very commendable. Okay, thank you. <laughs> but I honestly think by the time um, our children and even the children, the, the children of our friends right now, by the time mm. they go to varsity, if education is not free, we have failed dismally because it's mm. been already 20 years. It had been already more than 20 years since... Um, Nelson Mandela and the ANC back then said they're going to make education free. Like, mm. and this sort of feels like I was 76, you know? Like, oh, yeah. it feels in that vein. Hi, <sighs> guys. Even having kids seems like a... You know what? Let me not say that because I'll have a kid and you're like, oh, wakumbula ute. Mara, I... <laughs> But I feel like you're right. Yeah. Going forward, the the knowing what like I think like things have to be shaken, and it's obviously very tight and very difficult. Obviously, I'm not gonna like go push whatever um, my 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 agendas. But like, it's also like a tight like is it the NC is it the DA? Because if it's not it's not NC, then I'm you know I'm not putting the DA. But uh, it's really difficult. It's really difficult. Yeah. But like yeah. you know, I'm also not playing with the <clears throat> rather the devil you know but i'm like you know what we need a we need we need we need, we need change to, we need change we need change and we then also if we've made a mistake then we can but people would have learned their lessons to know that we as a people are not gonna just like sit around and not you know we're gonna we're gonna try everyone and see until it works but it's not gonna you know yeah for me the thing is we can't deny that Higher education is a game changer for generational wealth. Mm, yes. It is our sisters and brothers who have gone to varsity who are able to send money home and mm. take care of the family. Yes, there are those who have finessed and made something of themselves even without finishing varsity and without a degree. And they've got jobs and they're sending money home. But we all know that a, a, a huge part of it is getting that degree. But now, a sad reality that we're facing as Black South Africans is once we've been told to get the degree, we've got the degree and many of us are sitting at home with degrees. There are so many educated Black there South Africans so many people. that are part of the youth um, that are honestly sitting at home with degrees and, very and hats and jackets from a graduation that did not bring any change to a family mm. where someone is still sitting at home applying and applying and applying, but they've got a higher level of education than they bum, than they bum of an uncle, they bum of a brother mm. who is always drinking and is just a burden on the family. But now the both of them are sitting in the same boat where they do not have a job and mm. the one has a degree and cost the family more debt where the other just left in high school and just started drinking and only causes family 
debt by drinking and and stealing money, but we don't have this nest for 80,000, 100,000 debts mm. that is sitting on us. So it really is very, and that's why for me, like I shout out the YouTubers, I shout out the, like uh, kudos to them, the people who are on social media and they're charging 40K a post and, and shit like that. Mm. Like we've tried, we, we already tried the one system. We got the degrees and we're realizing that it's not working. You can get a degree and you're sitting at home and you're recording a podcast that you release every week, mm. but you're not necessarily in your job where, or for what you have studied exactly. for, you know? Mm. Um, so we've, it's not like we haven't tried that way. And that way is clearly not working. Many of us are still at home. There are people who stand at robots with cardboard yeah. signs that literally list the degrees and qualifications they have. So to say that getting a degree, to say that getting higher education is um, one of the, 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 is a game changer in breaking generational wealth is, is honestly a statement that is, it's like any coin. It's got two sides to it. Yes, it's true, but also it's false in that, Shem, you are going to wait. After you get that degree, your granny is retired. She shouts at you for not doing things. She sends you around the house and you left it all in high school. Whereas yeah. you actually went to go get that degree and it's not working. So all of those people who are making something of themselves on YouTube, mm. on Instagram and all of that, kudos to you. Keep it going. Even if you're on fucking OnlyFans and you're making money, just Do make sure you, you lock most. that bedroom so yes. that your granny doesn't come in and find you to know something. Oh, please. Oh, oh. Lock. <laughs> that would be so awkward. Oh my God. But like, yeah, I also say like, but what do you, must you do for because your we've seen time. Yeah, we've seen it that it's not working. Saying people must get a degree and they'll get money and they'll get a job and they'll get money. It's mm. definitely not working for everyone. And it's mm. not even like isolated incidences. It's working. It's not working for 70% of the youth that is unemployed mm. or whatever percentage of the youth is unemployed with degrees. Sorry to cut you. You were mm. saying something. No, 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 no. I'm just saying um, I'm, I really agree with you. Like whoever is making their money, however. And I always say to people that when I was young, I used to be like, ah, why is this person making money like this? What? Now that I'm an adult, I'm like, girl, boy, however way you want to get I it. I wish I had the guts to make the money the exactly, way you're making Exactly, exactly. So, I mean, do what you must for yourself. Hey, as long as you're not hurting people and you're just, you know, focused on your back, do the most. I'm, I'm for as that. As long as education is not free. Higher mm. education is not free. Do the most. Do, do what most. you need to do. Yeah. And also, because also once it even is free, there's no guarantee. So, you know exactly. what? Exactly. I wish you would play some Fismas for, um, um, what you call this, songs that, that, that were being sung at all of uh, these protests. You know? But you know what, what? What can be a game changer from also this pandemic? I feel like with this pandemic, a lot of black people started businesses and a lot of black people are starting businesses because of we don't, we're not given the jobs because a post will always come out, but the post always comes out with somebody who's already been in mind. So they just like put it out for formality, yeah. but somebody who's already got the job. But I love that yeah. people, that encouraged people to start their own businesses 
And it's going to be nice by the time our children are old enough, they'll be working from those businesses and they'll have, they will have experience to go work in the workspace or take over a generational business that will be something that, you know, like from generation to come, generations and generations to come. So people who've got their hair companies, cleaning companies, whatever company, I'm just happy that the kids will grow into um, a business family. If they want to take it, they will have the option to. You know what? I'm actually not going to yeah. go to Vossi. I want to take over the business company. I've been doing this all my life. I understand the business. Or oh, maybe I want a d- business degree. Let me go get it. But they have the options too. So um, that's the only thing that's giving me a little bit of hope that, you know what, there's people who've got businesses and I've got hope in those businesses. We just need to, I know it's also very hard to shop like everything. Let me try look. But there are people who make an effort to say, is it black owned? Let me support black owned. Because we need it more and, than yeah. it feels like other odds are yeah. against us, and if we can just prioritize black businesses, I'm I'm for it. For me, it's what I love. What we did for Porsche M, you can mm. be guaranteed that Abandaba Sevens is a Porsche M, Abandaba Miam, and mm. this woman is a multi-millionaire now, and um, really? she's able to create so many. Yo, a Porsche M oh is God, in the million. Oh my god! And she's go. only been selling to black people. Yes, yo, I need to go buy that serum because my girl is eating. <laughs> I love that! Yes. Wow! Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. <sighs> so that's where we're gonna leave it for this um, deep dive for Feeds Must Fall. Where are we now? There's so much more that we wish we could have included into this conversation, mm. but then if we have done so. Hey, the podcast be over five hours, yabo. So, for now, we definitely will do another session on fees must fall, depending on what um, happens, depending on what unfolds. But uh, wherever you are, if there's any way that you can support the movement, please do. Um, Mm. We definitely need to make sure that a lot of people have access to education because it it honestly can be a game changer for their families, regardless of the fact that there's no one hiring anyone, but Mm. you you don't know what doors education can open for people, you know? Yeah, that's true. Sunday Recap. You're listening to The Rewind. So earlier on, we were speaking about how strong your intuition is. Let us know um, in terms of yourself, how strong your intuition is by simply reaching out to us at the rewind underscore SA on social media. Uh, that was our word on the street for today. It's been another long, jam-packed, like, fulfilling episode. Yes, Maui Pafé. And you just eat. Then you're like, how am I even going to walk to my car? Yes. Because I am so <laughs> That cold. is definitely, yeah. That is that is definitely um, today's episode. Punta, would you like to give us some closing words? <laughs> Actually, I'm going to give closing words based on what we spoke about off air. You know what I mean? Like, just in general, mm-hmm. like, um, as the Black community and Black people as a whole, I feel like we always want the... The, the 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 people who oppressed us to be the people who are like must take accountability and i feel like we're wasting yeah. time wanting them to take accountability you did this you it's did this but happen. it's not gonna happen there's no interest it's 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 very hard for you when you're on that pedestal for you to feel like you i even understand or i would even fathom what these people have been through what they went through when you haven't even experienced any of that when your whole life has just been smooth so I think we need, Bogart and I actually came to a conclusion that we need to 
ourselves because um, also we mustn't downplay how our communities are growing how a lot of people go to varsities how people start businesses how you know the black community is like starting to look like what we want and what we like to call black excellence on the internet so we need to grow up our communities ourselves and not want to see yeah. these people to do things for us like it doesn't have to be something major like you own escom and now you're going to feed the schools but no like you feel like you know what every other day um i live alone and Boroto basala. just do something like for your community even if it's for that one black person or um, I know there's these kids who live close by and I gave them books and I told them like, I, I obviously just gave, told them like, I mean, this is how this is, the, this is English. And then I'm like, then get an extra exercise book and take a dictionary and write the words on the side that you don't understand, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's one book and it's not yeah. even nothing compared to what they give them at that school. And then they can just read them over and over. And I just told them like, the more you read, the more you understand, the more you learn these words and the more you speak. Mm. Um, and obviously we can't just like be ignorant to the fact that, um, English is one of the, you know, biggest business languages. So, you know what I mean? So they can improve that skill so that they can also afford to be in spaces and have conversations with more people. Cause a lot of us do speak English in general. Um, cause they speak Mm -hmm. Venekabonas very well. They do it. They excel in that. So I'm just like, Oh, just balance it. And just like, you know, whatever way you feel like you can contribute to your community, be it online, a physical community but to build each other up so that we don't have complaints, but we're actually doing things where we're like, you know, we support black businesses where we can. Every single thing that I'm like, you know what, from the person who washes my sneakers to the person who does my hair or the person who fixes my clothes or even buying, because I mean, we're so diverse online. I'm so happy for the internet. Um, There's Mm, just so mm, much we can mm. do for our black uh, uh, communities. Yeah. Couldn't have said it any better myself. Thank you so much for listening. Send us a shout out at the rewind underscore essay. Let us know what you think. Send us an email info at the rewindpodcast.com. Punta, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Oh, with thank those you so, closing ha- so words, much for having with those me. those closing words, uh-huh. I am very grateful to be on your podcast. <laughs> Clearly, you've got the <laughs> wisdoms and the pearls, the girl. Uh, you know what? We just might have a second podcast where we just, you know, Actually, we do have the deep dive, but it would be nice to like have like just matters and things that we have opinions on to just you know have a two point oh, you know. Hey, but you never know. Thank you, know you so much for nice, having Punta? me. You huh? know what would be nice is what? for us to do this every morning live on air, and people can call in. It's as simple as that. That's all we need. We don't need another right. podcast. We need to be doing this live on air. Whether that is a, inter- a radio station that is on the internet that is owned by us or hey. it is on terrestrial. It is what it is. That is what is needed as a solution. But anyways, so as Kuluma gets carrying my business meetings during a, a, a podcast recording. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye. YouTube Digest. Digest. The, the Rewind. Ujiwa Game. Am, am, am I saying this right? Ujiwa Game. Press forward. Hello. Word on the street. Yeah.